Welcome back. Beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Luke Radowski here of the best political show.com. As of course, we are going to be going live for the next two hours with some really awesome, interesting individuals in house today. As of course, there's so many interesting news stories to talk about, specifically when it comes to Donald Trump, when it comes to Alexei Navalny, the conflict in Ukraine, Jimmy Carter, Acorns attacking police officers in Florida, and so much more that, of course, we cannot talk about here on YouTube. YouTube, where, of course, we will be taking the conversation in about an hour and going to our virtual free speech safe space rumble and discussing a lot of really crazy things, including the Susan Wojcinski story. Tragic, crazy story, but there's many layers and context to this that I think is absolutely worth discussing in a full and honest context. And that's probably going to be happening in an hour. We're going to be live for two hours, so make sure to share this broadcast with your friends and family members. It is more imperative than ever. As, of course, the YouTube algorithm isn't really that friendly to us, but you guys, getting the word out there really does mean a lot to us, so we can't thank you guys enough for sharing this broadcast, whether it's retweeting it, sharing it on Facebook, telling your friends, telling your family members, and uh, it, it really does amount to a lot of significant difference, as, of course, we are an independent media organization that has pretty much survived because of your help, your support, and you guys get to also participate in our conversation. One way for you guys to easily do that is to sign up on lukeunfiltered.com. You could do that for less than $8 a month. And then by doing that, you guys get access to a special Telegram channel, a Telegram channel that I am in right now that I will, of course, will be going to. And you guys will be getting the ability to call in through video and ask us whatever questions you guys want. Another way to participate is, of course, through mysuperchat.com, another link that we have down in the description below where, of course, your super chats get to show up on screen and there's only a 3% service charge. YouTube takes a 30% service charge. Rumble Rants, we don't know what the service charge is, but... Yeah, if you get the opportunity, check out mysuperchats.com. And of course, we will be doing everything in our power to address any and all super chats. Joining us for this very interesting conversation is some really cool people. One of them is Josie, the redheaded libertarian. Josie, for the people who might not know you, who are you and how would you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Josie. I'm the redheaded libertarian on X. I also moonlight as a demonic calendar model. And we have that calendar behind Ryan Black, who is another person who, of course, was also on this show previously beforehand. Ryan, for the people who might not know you, as you have this beautiful poster uh, and calendar right behind you, how would you introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Ryan Black. I'm an international dating coach, and I'm the Ryan.Black on Instagram. We had a very fascinating conversation with, with both of you guys, but but with Ryan and Clint, it got a little tumultuous, which is uh, really fun. It was a great conversation. I thought it was very fruitful. It was very productive. We're going to probably continue that conversation in some kind of lighthearted way on Rumble. So thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you so much for joining us. This should be a definitely a, a crazy conversation as we are in absolutely crazy times. Now, Clint, what did you do to piss off your girlfriend? Uh, look... I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know which angle the lead-in was going to go. Uh, yeah, look, she's got BPD and ADHD, and sometimes I, I'm mean to her, and then she 
she breaks through doors. It's it's tragic, but I love her, and we're gonna we're gonna work it out. Uh, Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown, dating the the female version of the Kool Aid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to. I couldn't help it. She just blasts right. through the door. Hey, Clint. All right. Uh, People at, are gonna say it's racist. It's not. It's not. It's truthful. It depends on the flavor of Kool Aid. Then it's racist. At, at Liberty Lockdown, she on was it. black for the people listening. <laughs> Ryan's interested automatically. Ryan's like, hey, who? Sorry, go ahead. I can't. I'm I'm sorry, Clint. It's okay. We're riffing. Uh, at Liberty Lockdown. But on X, if you want to follow me or subscribe to support my work, I would appreciate it. Liberty Lockdown is the show. I'm the co-host of the best political show. And while you're picking up your phones, I would like you to go to your RSS, your little podcast app, and search for the best political show as well as Liberty Lockdown and press subscribe so that you never miss an episode. We've got Steph on the buttons. Hey, everyone. This is Steph. We are Change on Insta and Steph WRC on X. Ready to go. Awesome. we got a lot of great people coming in studio, including even individuals like Sam Hyde. This week alone, we're going to have a lot of really incredible individuals. Alex Brusowitz is on tomorrow. we got Morgan from TPUSA coming on, as well as Andrew, the don't tase me bro that has volunteered to uh, d- d- test his uh, survival tasing skills with Clint. Clint mm. has no idea uh, about this. This is the first time I'm bringing this up, but it's going to be a great show Wednesday. It's going to be a great show Monday, a great show Tuesday. So make sure to click the subscribe button and the notification button, as, of course, we usually do go live 6 p.m. Eastern, and we will be doing so within the next three days. So definitely stay tuned for that. As Of course, let's just get right into it as we have the story that broke a couple days ago as President Trump is now ordered to pay. $354 million in a civil fraud trial that has also barred him from running business in New York for three years as a judge just found him guilty and is ordering to pay this much in damages. This is a huge sum of money and clearly from from what I see it to be a deliberate attempt in order to try to sabotage, in order to try to stop Donald Trump from becoming the next president of the United States as of course he is running a very expensive re-election campaign and it costs a lot of money to do this. Donald Trump usually has been financed by his own money and now during this key critical juncture where I believe that this is going to be a tighter race than a lot of people expect to expect it to be. I believe this race is is going to be very, very close. Every little bit of advertisement, every little bit of influence, every little bit of news is going to be impacting this election, like we saw with the last one with the Hunter Biden story that was censored from the corporate media. But is this anything else other than a deliberate kind of kneecapping of, of Donald Trump and his uh, hope hope to become the next president of the United States? I have a question. Why do you think it's going to be close? Because when you look at the things that the Democrats pulled out last time, if you look at how they were able to run Joe Biden as a candidate who was hiding in a basement, they're going to run the the same kind of campaign. They're going to play to those same kind of dirty tricks. And when it comes to ballot harvesting, the Democrats... They're really awesome at it, and they have a huge advantage, especially when it comes to urban areas, especially when it comes to going from building to building, comparatively to Republicans that have to go from suburban house to another suburban house. Their ability to garner votes quickly, especially ballots that they're able to harvest in major cities, they're they're far more superior. You add that to the fact of so many people crowding in cities more than ever, especially when it comes to this larger de-urbanization that's happening in America. The numbers don't look that good, in my opinion. Uh, are we allowed to talk about the millions the, the, of illegals that they're just shuttling through? 
Yeah, we could talk. To, we, could, we could talk about the immigration, the, the immigration, clearly, immigration policy. Clearly, well, it's not about immigration policy. They're flooding the country with illegals. The plan is to obviously have those people be the the ballot harvesters, and those people they're going to legalize them and then get them to vote. That's how they're going to do it this time. Yeah, I, I do believe there is a long-term plan to naturalize a, a lot of the people who are just literally walking in, into the United States. But there's also a larger uh, also effect when it comes to congressional representation and, and votes in the House that is also going to be significant immediately. So, yes, the Democrats are kind of securing their position to be in power forever. And I think this is going to be a very important election because I do think it's going to be close. And I do think um, with the way that things are going, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Joe Biden, even though the polls are, are, sh are showing a different perspective of right now, personally, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Biden is reelected, to, to be completely honest. I don't know what you think, Josie, about this current situation yourself. Uh, there is a lot. A lot of things I wanted to weigh in over just now. Um, it's something that I realized that happened the same day as that verdict dropped is uh, Trump's working on a truth social merger, and that got the nod, and that's worth like $4 billion. So if he has to pay that $354 million, it's just a drop in the hat. If he gets $4 billion, he seems to be ahead, ahead when it comes to that. Another thing is... Um, we, we were talking about how we can't do business anymore in New York City under this this ruling that will probably be overturned, but, you know, say it sticks. Um, according to the Constitution, if uh, somebody wants to run for office or wants to be president, they have to relinquish their businesses. They can't have other loyalties in other places. So Trump had actually signed his businesses over to uh, Don and Eric. Um, so him not being allowed to run a business just makes his life a little bit easier. You know, New York City, just, just my opinion there. Um, it is... I was looking at um, when the border, when when um, uh, the governors were talking about the border and possibly sending their troops to help Texas. National Guard. The, yes, sorry, the National Guard. Um, we were looking at the states, and I was trying to run a tally. I'm like, okay, well, how many electoral votes in each of these states that are having loyalties to Texas and to states' rights as opposed to the federal government didn't quite make enough to be president, though it was more than half the states. So, so it wasn't over 270 just because the population in those states is lower. Exactly. Which yes. makes sense because that's the rural states and that's those are the people that tend to believe more in the Constitution broadly. Mm -hmm. I mean, to, to Luke's point about the, uh, you know, the fortifying of the election and whether or not the election is going to be close, I actually agree with him entirely that the election will be close. I think that the only disagreement we might have is that I don't think it's going to be Biden. I think that Biden will drop in August, give or take, and they're going to appoint... I don't know if it'll be Newsom or who, but I think they're going to try and slot someone in at the last minute, take all of the baggage, all of the, the terrible legacy of the Biden administration, dump it onto Biden, and then present, and then obviously focus on all of Trump's pitfalls and all of the BS allegations they've made about him over the years, and then just try and slot in somebody who is... I don't know, uh, pretending to be a moderate. And I think that's that's like their game a plan. like a big mic coming in there yeah. to, to kind of shake things up and, uh, <laughs> and show, show everybody how it's done. When you uh, said I read them hips. When yeah. you said drop, does that drop out of the race or drop dead? <laughs> no, either, either or. Yeah, I mean, either, <laughs> either is possible. But I, I honestly think that he'll he'll he will be coerced or voluntarily dropped out based, based He'll off be of made his, to by the help. party. I think what's really interesting is that a, sh a shift happened recently when now it's okay for like political pundits to actually make fun of him. Yep. 
just which a week ago. Before it was literally not; it was mm-hmm. just not permissible. I yeah, actually, I, I mean, just a few days ago, this is this is something important that you brought up. The New York Times editorial board and Hillary Clinton, at the same time, almost as if it was coordinated, mm-hmm. which I think it was, came out and attacked Joe Biden and said that he's too old to become the next president of the United States. Those are two major big establishment figures that do have a lot of power, do have a lot lot of influence. So. I, I agree with you guys, but but I still think, why not shock and surprise everyone? You're, you're probably more right, client. But with the way that things are going, screw it. They're just going to do another puppet version of, of Biden, yeah. roll them out on, on a stretcher, being like, yeah, whatever. What are you going to do about it? And to, they're very brazen. Sorry, Josie, go okay. ahead. To Clint's point um, about him dropping out, dropping down, dropping dead, whatever, in... Um, in August, they could slot Kamala in as the the president, kind of make her the incumbent, and that's going to make people be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" We all know we don't want Kamala, and then they're coming out as a Kamala challenger as opposed to a Joe Biden challenger. And I believe Kamala could have two consecutive uh, terms if she were the incumbent at the end of the presidency. She could keep going. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm sure that mm-hmm. is true. But the the issue is that there's no. It's not possible for there to be a race. We're past all the primaries in August, so it's going to be decided by the DNC. And I think that they're going to go with someone that they think can win. I think that they recognize Kamala cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, to to Ryan's question about why why will it be close? I think it primarily will not be close because I don't believe at all that the GOP is actually interested in harnessing power. I think that they are very comfortable being in the loser, uh, you know, controlled opposition seat. And this is why, in my estimation, the Democrats are so good at ballot harvesting, whereas the GOP has apparently not learned anything from 2020, and they seem to have not reoriented their strategy whatsoever. If you look at the the poll numbers, they're they're very interesting. And again, polls are very deceiving. Back in 2016, they told us that Hillary Clinton was definitely going to be the president of the United States. She wasn't, uh, and she, of course, failed. But if you look at the, the polls now that are coming out, and again, I, I don't like to take polls too seriously, but uh, let's let's just play around with some of them. As of course, the Hill is reporting that Biden is performing better against Trump than Kamala Harris. <laughs> this is according to a Newsom poll. That's how bad Kamala Harris' personality is. That uh, uh, essentially a, a corpse, a, 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 a skeleton-like figure, a puppet that is barely there does better than she does. There's also an InsiderNewJersey.com article highlighting how Trump is beating out Biden just 45% to 44%. Again, very close margins here. And I I do believe the elections is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people expect it to be. And there probably will be some kind of October surprise. But again, I think one of the biggest surprises that, that would happen is keeping Biden in there and saying, screw it. You know, why not? Like you're expecting something crazy. Here you go. Here he is. We're just, we're just going to say, you know what? We got this and there's nothing you could do about this. And that, that would, you know, signal a lot of warning signs for a lot of people in America as of course the political prosecution would of course ramp up. There's a lot at stake here for this election. And uh, truly we're living in very dangerous times that, are, are probably going to become more dangerous and more un- unpredictable moving forward. But that's just my two cents. What do you guys think? Where are these polls being conducted that show 45 to 44? Is it like a migrant housing facility in Arizona? <laughs> is that where they're doing the polling? The, the, is, it, is it done predominantly in Spanish? And is, is, is the question that I think a lot of people are asking themselves, as I have the poll here uh, lined up from insidernj.com showing an Emerson poll. 
again, Trump 45%, Biden 44% from a national survey. Um, a lot of these surveys are usually done through uh, phone calls. They're usually, uh, they're, they're individuals who are called and, and asked if they want to participate in a poll. To people with landlines, usually. <laughs> yes. So that usually does kind of represent the it's larger the boomer, boomer demographic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, one reason why a lot of people are telling Donald Trump to make Vivek Ramaswamy his VP, who, of course, is a lot younger and would probably galvanize a lot younger of a base to support him for this next upcoming uh, presidential election. I feel election. like Vivek gets the same people as Trump's base, really. What would be more interesting is for him to pick RFK as his vice president. Yeah, I think that, that, gets- would, also, that would also... Um, balance out a lot of the 2020 Donald Trump record that is questionable that we can't mention here on this particular broadcast. (laughs) But it would also um, galvanize a lot of people who don't like the establishment and a lot of people don't like the establishment. And I think what Trump is doing, I think he's just waiting to find out what Biden is going to be doing. Because I, I think just like a lot of you guys expect him not to be there, he expects him not to be there as well. And if they're going to be running someone like a Mike or someone like that that guy from that horror film from Los Angeles with the slick back hair, there's, the, there's going to be different strategies to beat out those different candidates that pop up last minute. And this is why I think Trump is going to announce kind of last minute who uh, the VP is going to be because then they're going to look at the larger kind of projections, the larger kind of battles and key states and who does better against who. So I I think it's going to be still a very long time until we find out who his VP is going to be. Everybody knows that Biden is not the one pulling the strings. We know that there's some other greater something, someone else pulling the strings, some other group of people pulling the strings. Um, So they really have nothing to lose. They've already run the country for the last four years doing it themselves. They have nothing to lose running him unless he drops dead. You know, that's really their only risk. Uh, Or or he says something in public that is just so horrifying that even the media can't cover it up, Mm -hmm. which he is now in that deteriorating phase of mental acuity where you're like, this dude could say anything at any time. So I think that's the only risk. But I, I don't actually disagree that it's possible if he can maintain even this base level of of you know mental faculties that they might try and drag him across the finish line, but I still think that they're probably going to try and swap. We him. see him sunsetting quite a bit now, um, oh, yeah. more than they can. At sunsetting is a a time for people who have dementia, where as it gets later in the day, they they start getting irritable and kind of losing their patience, and that's why they kind of I don't know what you're talking about, call, Jack. I'm doing just fine. <laughs> call a lid on things at one in the afternoon because he does best first thing in the morning. I, I want to see Jim. Jimmy Carter run. I want to see Jimmy Carter 2024. That's the joke that I made on Twitter today, of course, as of course, the New York Post is reporting that he is 99 years old and he has just marked one year in hospice care. Yes, I was going to say And uh, hey, if, if Biden could do it, Jimmy Carter could do it too, right? He's a one-term president. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not? Uh, my, my mom actually works in hospice. For him to have lasted a year in hospice is pretty remarkable, especially at 99 years old. So shout out to Jimmy Carter. Uh, I do want to point out real quick, I you know, the the... The lineup that I would like to see, even though I'm running uh, under the VP banner, what I would like to see Trump do is go with RFK Jr. as VP. I think that, as as Luke pointed out, that obviously helps with many of his pitfalls in his first go around. And then I think Vivek as AG or some higher level uh, to help with going after the deep state. I think that 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 lineup would be kind of like it hits all of the dissident angles and really portrays him as more of an outsider than what he did with Mike Pence. And now one other point I wanted to make is that 
we've all wondered, given his enormous reach and his, the enormous audience that he has on Twitter, aka X, why is he not tweeting? Well, I think Josie just answered that. His his stake in truth is now worth four billion. He's facing this incredible uh, persecution that is also now uh, robbing him of hundreds of millions of dollars. I think that's why he has dedicated himself to truth because he needs that stake to be as valuable as possible. And I think probably four to five months before the election, he will hit Twitter full speed and try and try and take the election. I, I hope so. I mean, his participation in Twitter would also help Truth Social. Him starting the conversation, him tweeting saying, hey, you know, this is 140 characters here. I'm going to continue the rest on Truth Social right. um, would have been an, an excellent ploy that that is even, uh, from my understanding, allowed in his contract. So a lot of people are saying he can't be on Twitter because he has an exclusive contract. Yeah, mm -hmm. but, uh, but I believe his contract also states that he could do messages once they're first on Truth Social. So he's, he's missing a huge opportunity as, of course, Twitter is becoming a major kind of force in this political sphere that can't be underestimated. If you look at that Putin-Tucker Carlson interview, it wouldn't have gone anywhere if it wasn't for Elon Musk owning Twitter. Mm -hmm. That video went mega viral on Twitter. When you look at Facebook, it, it barely got any attention at all. Why? Well, there's news reports of the White House literally calling up to Facebook and saying, yeah, you, you guys aren't going to play this for people. You guys are going to make sure that this is downranked in the algorithm. And that's exactly what happened here is the video on, on, on Facebook got very, very significant low views comparatively to all the other social media platforms that actually allowed free speech. And if you look at the impact of that, Tucker, even though there's a lot, a lot we could say about that particular interview, some people loved it, some people hated it. I'm kind of like in the middle there. But when, when, when you look at social media, this is where you reach people. A lot of people uh, that are not Trump supporters are not on Truth Social. They are on Twitter. This is where you got to make the argument. This is where you have to have the conversations. And uh, sadly, he's not he's not a part of those conversations. 204 million impressions for the Tucker Putin interview on X. And Just how many on Facebook? I think it was less than a million. Yeah, I think it was like a hundred thousand. That is such yeah. a violation. Yeah. That is just such a violation of our First Amendment. Yeah, right? But but hey, Mark Zuckerberg was at the USC event uh, awkwardly with his hands, not knowing what to do with them <laughs> last night. So yeah, there there's that. As of course, as soon as I saw him uh, on the screen, I started booing automatically mm -hmm. because of what he represents. And even though he's doing some you know MMA stuff and and finally learning to you know self defense and and fighting and doing some cool stuff in that realm. What he represents is uh, essentially a big base for the Democratic voters that wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him. If you look at, at his impact in the last election cycle, not only when it comes to banning the Hunter Biden story, canning it, destroying it, and having an effect on the election that way, when you look at the Zuckerbucks, the hundreds of millions of dollars that he poured into the last election, he is the one he... that essentially got Joe Biden into political office because he made sure that there was a voter turnout effort in major Democratic areas where people went from building to building to building, getting everyone to vote there on the spot. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg essentially is the kingmaker, is the person, in my opinion, that put Joe Biden in power. And I'm looking at what he's going to be doing this election cycle because it's probably going to be the same as, of course, Facebook is just taking direct orders from the feds and saying, yeah, we'll ban stories. Don't worry about it. No problem. I think he paid something like $500 million. Yep, I think it was like $600 million as well. protect yep. the last election. He had to fortify they, it, baby. Hmm. I'm yeah, going to look up the right numbers to now. fortify it. 
Yep. Amazing, amazing Orwellian doublespeak. Yeah. I, I want to jump back real quick to um, potential vice president for Trump. Um, it would have to be somebody who is loyalty loyal to a fault to him because they are the president of the Senate. So they get they are honestly one of the most powerful people in government. We really overlook that. They are kind of a crossover between legislative and the executive branch. Especially with how close the Senate is. Exactly. Yes. So, so this it, is this is the article here by I'm sorry, uh, Josie, just really quick. I just, okay. I was just able to find it for uh, for uh, full context. Mark Zuckerberg spent 419 million dollars on nonprofits ahead of 2020 election and got out the Dem vote. And it's uh, pretty clear he had a direct result, except in Florida that went very red, where there was a specific policy implemented by the governor here, Ron DeSantis, mm -hmm. that prevented any kind of Zuckerbucks uh, money from affecting local elections. And uh, for some reason, uh, Florida went very red. Oh. I don't think it's a coincidence that that happened. That's funny. Sorry, Josie, go ahead. You were finishing your point. I cut you off. I forgot. It's okay. You were talking about who should be the VP. Okay. Instead of RFK Jr. Be, yes, okay. It's got to be somebody somebody who's who's loyal to Trump because RFK Jr., he was a Democrat, and now he's an independent. He's looking at being a libertarian. He's kind of flip-flopping in a lot of places. So if, if, if uh, there's a bill that's up, and it's very close in the Senate, and there's a bill that's up... I mean, we got to make sure that his loyalty is to Trump and not to a lobbyist, not to some some money, some blackmail, some some anything. I mean, he seems pretty strong against the feds, which is great because I feel like an attack like that could come from from that direction. But it's it's just something to keep in mind. I you need somebody who's who's really solid and isn't going to flop. Well, th this is why I would prefer Vivek because I think that he would be more apt to to walk in lockstep with the America First movement, mm -hmm. whereas RFK Jr. in the Senate almost certainly wouldn't when there's tiebreakers and he has to vote. He's like he's going to go with whatever he thinks. Uh, so I think that Vivek would be the better option. The reason I say RFK for VP is because I think that the the CIA, FBI entities really are afraid of him. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would be a great defensive mechanism for Trump in the position that he's in. But I feel like Vivek kind of serves that role too. So I don't know. You, like, you, you want someone crazier than Trump. Yes. You, want, you, want, you want the Democrats and the CIA to be like, well, we, if we take out Trump, like, they, they could we, we got to get this guy in there afterwards. Yeah, like, yeah, it has to be someone more crazy. And that's the way that Trump has to see it. Because if Trump doesn't see it that way, and he does a neocon or an insider, he's falling for a trap that, of course, he's going to be paying the ultimate price for. The Trump, call they, me. I'll, way, I'll be VP for you, brother. I got you. The way that they could get around if, if RFK. So, so they need a bulletproof vest, which we were talking about in Iowa, actually, a bulletproof Professed. So, uh, so if they took out Trump and then Kennedy was elevated up to um, um, president, they they could control him by being like, "Oh, we have another pandemic," which we all know he bent the knee immediately to a pandemic. It's it's a way kind of around um, his loyalties into his other loyalties in order to control him in that way. Would be my guess. He also supports endless funding for Israel, so mm -hmm. he. He clearly has some pressure points that that make him malleable. So that that's my concern. I think that Vivek would be more steadfast, yes. but at the same time, we don't really know how Vivek will govern because he's never been in government. So yeah. it's it's all kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, it's it's politicians promising stuff, which mm -hmm. doesn't really amount to a lot until we see him in political office, and we learn that lesson with Donald Trump as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we probably will also learn that lesson with Vivek. And there's a lot of really interesting things happening within the RFK campaign as there's a. Uh, 
a lot of kind of insiders there that are fighting, battling it out, jumping ships. So there's a lot of drama there that a lot of people are still failing to kind of understand the larger significance of, as, of course, the dust is still everywhere. When that dust settles, I think we will further understand what's really happening in that political campaign, and then uh, we'll be able to assess things a little bit more. We got some uh, super chats and rumble rants that I wanted to address, as I also wanted to remind people. Um, Josh, if you're watching, send the link to LukeUnfiltered.com so people could sign up. They're going to be calling in in about an hour from now. But we got one rumble rant from Nephilim uh, D Squad <laughs> saying, Biden is a skin suit and Satan is pulling the strings. <laughs> it's all Nephilim-ish. Uh, thank you, Nephilim D Squad. Uh, great, uh, insightful uh, rumble Get, rant. I appreciate that. Guests of the that. show. Shout out mm-hmm. to the top and, uh, and, and Raven. Raven. Yeah, they're welcome to come back anytime to talk about the weird spiritual stuff. They, we had good. like 8,000 viewers with them on. So know, um, we should definitely continue that kind of uh, weird, interesting conversation that I love to have. We have another uh, super chat here on YouTube from Red Viking saying, seed oil free 30 days. My gut feels a lot better. Thanks. Awesome, Red Viking. It's good to hear. It's very hard to avoid the seed oils, but uh, members of LukeUnfiltered.com, we have specific seed oil free cards that you could give to your waitress. Of course, this is not going to work in McDonald's, (laughs) but this is going to work at fancy restaurants, nice restaurants, where you could just ask them to please cook your food in actual butter. You could do it in a nice cordial way with a little business card that you could hand them and not just, uh, you know, be contentious. So check out, if you're a member, LukeUnfiltered.com, check out those seed oil free cards. We got another super chat here from William Haig saying, Little We Are Change fan club. We got to make that into a big fan club, William. 467 uh, Spirit says, tuning in from LBC Cali Vibes Festival. Gwen Stefani brought a fan on stage to make out with. Aside from the subliminal signs, she brought up a young chick. The girl look like a selfie and ran, took a selfie and ran. She gave off manipulative vibes. Um, She's married. There's a 40-second clip in the Telegram if you want to play it. I don't know if I want to be playing that. (laughs) Kyle Miller gave another uh, super chat saying, I think an event said by the Beanie Man over the past few years will happen towards the end of the year. Um, Possible. I want to leave that question to our, our, um, our people in studio here. Do you think the Beanie Man is right? And do you think there's going to be an incident that he's been talking about at the end of this year? I think everyone knows what we're talking about here. As as of course, there in Charlotte, there was already riots. In The Hague, there was riots, uh, all from uh, ethnic African tribes fighting each other, uh, very interestingly. Eritrean. Yep. What do you you guys think of Kyle's comments here about the Beanie Man and his his, uh, kind of projections for this year? I think the only way it goes that route is if Trump is actually removed from the ballot and imprisoned. I think that that would be enough to trigger to the his supporter base that like, oh, Democratic options are off the table. I don't think they're going to go that route. I, I pray they won't. I pray they won't utilize violence against Trump as well. Uh, there's There's obviously variables that could spark a lot of craziness, but I tend to believe that as docile as we were in 2020, the American people are still largely uh, in in pursuit of peace, and they do not want to go that route. That's not to say that it can't happen, but I think it's unlikely. But at least, hey, now Trump has, uh, he's in the sneaker game. game. (laughs) So at least he has that going for him now, as of course we have this latest article by the New York Post that he is now an official sneaker dealer, and he's selling $399 sneakers 
uh, that uh, some of them don't look that good. Some of them do look that good. But uh, this is, of course, on the heels of him being charged, of him trying to raise a lot of money for his reelection campaign. Are the sneakers going to be enough to help him in this upcoming presidential election? Well, there's a limited amount of them. I still want to know where they're made. The gold ones, not, not to my liking, to be quite honest. The white ones don't look too bad, but personally, I don't think I will be wearing those sneakers. Clint, will you? Uh, I'd rock the gold trumps, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> See me on the court mixing it up. Look, I, I actually, I wanted to, they, they look pretty cool. I don't know. They look ridiculous. <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to go back briefly to the to the case against Trump in New York, because I think it's important for people to understand. And I actually have some expertise in this arena, so I'd like to highlight that so people understand what transpired. When you when you are borrowing money at that scale, you're always going to be asked by the bank to report the value of your assets. But in that report, there's a disclaimer that says you don't need to trust any of of my claims. You are the mortgage. Uh, I, that's this is what my job was was to actually go through the loan application and to uh, prove out the claims as to the value of these assets. So in there. Trump's team, including a disclosure, saying, do not rely on my own estimates. It's it's the bank's job to, to confirm. He performed on that loan. The bank had no complaint. They brought no complaint. This was strictly brought by the state of New York uh, and this, this prosecutor who had ran for office based off of her desire to persecute Trump and prosecute him. So it was a political hit job through and through. The bank itself had no no uh, concerns or issues with the valuation of that property. And this is why I think that this is a, a real uh, shot across the bow when it comes to property rights in America in that this is the bank's capital and this is Trump's capital. You have two private part parties that are, are coming to terms on a, a loan agreement no one was harmed. No one was upset about the, the transaction whatsoever. But you have this overlord in this uh, prosecutor and the state of New York that just comes in and hits him with the $360 million fine. It is completely counter to what uh, American law is supposed to be about in jurisprudence. It's a tragedy. And this, this is coming from someone who is not a Trump supporter. It's just obviously a political hit job. And if you're being honest with yourself, you should be able to see that. The, the Babylon Bee has a very interesting article. Steph, let's put up the, the article that reads, Trump dominates NBA dunk contest thanks to new sneakers. <laughs> there's, a photo, there's a photo of him just slammed. Oh, they never miss. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the gold ones. The white ones don't look too bad, uh, especially if you're a, a Trump supporter. Oh, is 45 dude. Uh, those are sick yeah the, yeah they don't look too bad they look uh, like uh, a little bit like those adidas ultra boosts and uh yeah they're they're, they're not bad what I about you totally... guys are you guys gonna be rocking the the trumps dude. i i would wear the hell out of those <laughs> well now that trump has a lot of street cred since they're trying to imprison him for 750 <laughs> years it makes sense that he's in in the sneaker game what's next oh hennessy uh, well, what are you gonna be doing next donald trump do rags uh, yeah, the donald, donald trump red uh, 45 do rags we should do that right now oh, I, he's already uh, been in rap videos if there's anyone stuff. anyone who knows how to produce do rags please let well we we will wear them ryan will wear them on the show uh, too 100 percent uh, donald trump donald trump should have a malt liquor deal he should actually he should do a partnership with steel reserve and say down with the federal reserve steel reserve <laughs> come on 
This, this, all this writes itself. Just go straight for the hood. This would be beautiful. I want a Sean Strickland do rag that says Budweiser on it. I want, I want a Donald Trump red hat do rag. I th- listen. There's, there's so many endless possibilities. If you're a do rag producer, please uh, reach out to us professionally, and we will continue the conversation <laughs> uh, there. But what kind of products do you think Trump should uh, get into next? There uh, and. Um, what, 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 well, on a, what, on a slightly more serious note, like all the all the sneakers. This has all the, been serious. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> all the sneakers in the world won't help if we don't fix a, actual election integrity. If True. We yeah. Yeah. If we don't stop the Democrats from stealing at this again, then like no amount of money will. Like, what are we actually going to do about this? I, this is this is why the question about whether or not it ends up in the Beanie Man prediction at the end of the year is so is so poignant. I, I still I still find it very hard to believe that the federal government is prepared to just rip it away, arguably for a second consecutive time, given all of the all of the angst that exists amongst his supporters. But they haven't shown any inclination to relent from this path. So I think it's a possibility. There are, I believe there were seven states that they targeted at the end um, that all went and changed their policies at the last minute unconstitutionally for their own constitutions, you know, state constitutions. Yep, state constitutions. Um, so we have to look at those seven states and say, well, did they fix those problems or not? Because if they didn't fix those problems, we're going to get the same result that we did last time. I think one of them was, was Georgia. One of them was Georgia, but I think Georgia actually went back and fixed the problems, but Wisconsin, Minnesota. Well, this, this was the problem with so many of the lawsuits being thrown out based off of standing mm-hmm. is that like, regardless of whether or not you think the 2020 election was legit, I still, it's still very important that the American people believe that it is. Mm-hmm. And as of now, you have the Democrats who are convinced that it, the 2016 election was stolen by Russian influence. <laughs> you have the the Trump supporters who believe that it was stolen from me, big tech, which clearly they're right about the big tech one, but they're also uh, convinced about the election day too. It's like, well, neither side believes in these election outcomes anymore. And we're, we're fast approaching 10 months away from another alleged change of power and half of the country believes that Trump's a, a fascist that would never leave office, even though he fucking, even though he did. Uh, sorry, <laughs> we're not a rumble yet. Um, so I think it. I mean, this is a it's, this is a real clash. It's like a clash of civilizations. And you also have people that you know believe in property rights versus those that don't believe in gun rights versus those that don't believe in free speech versus those that don't uh, believe in. War, defending Ukraine, Israel, like the list is limitless at this point. If you look at what happened in the midterm elections in 2022, that was a big shock and and a big surprise to a lot of Republicans who were like, whoa, we we really didn't do that well. Where's the wave? We were expecting to do a lot better than we did. And there was a lot of criticism on Donald Trump for, for endorsing some people that didn't do well. Uh, but I don't think it was all Trump's fault. I, I, I think people really do not um, understand just how many Democrats there are, just how many. We live in an echo chamber. We live in a bubble where we only kind of hear each other. And that's why hearing a kind of op- op- opposition voice, this is why a lot of people on the left get very triggered by it because they're not used to it. They're not used to having these kind of frank, honest discussions. But I think a, a portion of the right wing media doesn't as well. They don't understand or try to comprehend or or try to even reach out because the algorithms are built in such a way where we will never talk to each other. We will never understand each other. Uh, But people are being emotionally manipulated to believe one thing 
And that emotional manipulation is only going to ramp up from here. And uh, third party candidates are going to be doing a lot worse off, uh, especially the closer the election gets, especially the more polarized Americans will get. And I'm praying that we don't get polarized to the point of violence because then it's game over. And I think there could even be a situation where the system wants it to get to that particular place. And I think at all costs, we have to try to avoid it. And that's just my own personal opinion. That's just my own personal perspective. But there's a lot at stake here. There's going to be more polarization. And there's a lot more Democrats than a lot of people understand them to be a lot more cognitive dissonance, a lot more people living in their own bubbles, living in their own existences, getting just the same thing, the same opinions regurgitated back to them over and over again. And this is why we, we try to get people from the left on the show. We try to have as earnest and as honest observation and conversations about this when it comes to Trump, when it comes to politics, and not just kind of patting ourselves on the back, repeating the old kind of talking points that you hear on so many other podcasts. So we do our best to do that. I think we could do better. Um, and, and your conversations, your super chats help us do this. But that's the way that I see kind of things unfolding. Major polarization, big surprise, Biden's in. That's a freaking surprise. And um, that's how I just see it kind of unfolding. Do you guys agree? I want to disagree? disagree with one thing you said, which is, Yes, there's echo chambers, but I think that the media fundamentally does this job where they make it seem like the this radical leftist agenda is like normal and like tons of people like as like, you know, roughly 50% of people believe that and roughly 50% of people are like more right. And I just don't I just don't think that's true at all. I think that there's way more people who are like center and right and a, a, a tiny tiny minority of people on the ver on the very radical left like just one example how many how many people are g like going to trump rallies wearing maga hats have you ever seen one single person wearing a build back better hat um I ever did. in your life oh, i did um no. that wasn't a political event it was here in Miami uh, for, for the New Year's uh, celebration, and there was like uh, a Trump guy with a Trump hat, and he was uh, there saying, yeah, go Trump. No, but he was asking about Build Back Better, like a, like a Biden uh, supporter in the wild. Oh, Build like Back Better. Blue... Sorry, I thought, you said, I thought you said a Trump No, supporter. no, there's Sorry, tons of me. people wearing yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. MAGA hats. Yeah. Sorry. But there's no... <laughs> fudging. Fudging nobody, no, There's nobody on the other side of the equation wearing the, equi wearing the equivalent thing. There's no... like. Have you ever seen a Biden supporter like walking around? I've seen I've seen bumper stickers, but that's about it. There's very there's basically zero passion. You, I think that the but there never was. That's not, the thing. They're no, not they never existed. Biden, yeah. they're anti-Trump. Exactly. Th this is the point I was going to make: is that mm -hmm. it's these these people have been fear-mongered into believing that Trump is a fascist dictator, and they mm -hmm. they genuinely believe that they they believe he's racist to his core. He's a fascist. He's he's absolutely authoritarian through and through, and and. They, they will vote for whoever they are told to in order to stop that threat. And that's that's a huge percentage of this country. I agree with you. The vast majority of people are somewhere in the middle. And those that are, are you know, the truly the, the loony progressive wing is probably 10 or 15% of the population. But that doesn't matter because the vast majority are, are still listening to the corporate media that tells them that Trump is existentially endangering them. Yeah, they're not voting for Biden. They're voting against Trump. Um, I think that the difference from the outside looking in at the Republicans versus the Democrats, the Republicans think the Democrats are stupid and they need to be out of power and they're dumb. The Democrats think the Republicans are evil and will do anything necessary to stop evil. 
and yeah. that that's where it gets dangerous. I, honestly, though, I'm getting to the point of thinking that some on the Democrat side are evil too. I mean, just because they're risking World War III with such reckless abandon, mm-hmm. like I feel like my my justification is much more well founded. Yeah. Uh, but it's still it's still a scary thing to to internalize and to actually feel that is like. Yeah, I believe that there are people in our political establishment that are absolutely existential threats to humanity. But, but, the, the, but you can't them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just some of them. Well, that's what put that, that's what pits them against each other. That's how they fight, is what I'm saying. So, you know, the Republicans will fight in a way that's like we're gonna protest at the Capitol. We're gonna do something. We're gonna really roll cool. over, show you our, yeah. our yellow bellies, <laughs> and let you have our way with uh, with us yep. as as you please. And then you know the Democrats they go dirty, they go nasty, they they. They hurt people, you know, Antifa, they're violent and they hurt people. Um, so so that's just the different the difference in how they see people is how they fight in the same way. And yep. so that's what's like you and I might think that, that there's people in the Democrats that are that are evil, but we're not going to fight them like they're evil. We're going to fight them smartly, um, not like, uh, you know. Like like demon hunters, right? And that's how they fight the Republicans is like demon hunters. Well, the distinction has to be made between the people within the establishment who control the institutions and the people who kind of vote for them, because a lot of people don't make those distinctions, and and I think there could be an agenda that wants you to think all of them are pure evil. When of course there's a lot of ignorance, there's a lot of people who don't understand the consequences of their actions, never kind of will, and are currently in this kind of short term dopamine kind of cycle that prevents them from seeing anything down the line or anything that that is negative anything that is bad that they caused through their voting record so make a really great point um there's a there's something i shared yesterday it's dom helder camera the spiral of violence 1971 and it says there are three kinds of violence the first is the mother of all the institutional violence it legalizes and perpetuates domination oppression and exploitation it crushes and eliminates millions of people and it's silent on well-oiled cogs the second is the revolutionary violence which is born of the will to abolish the first the third is the repressive violence which stifles the second by making itself the helper and the accomplice of the first violence to the one that causes all others. That's absolutely uh, true. Profound, and yeah. I, I had a very interesting conversation with um, a Democrat mm-hmm. yesterday. And he was like, I, I, I'm sick of Biden. I'm sick of Trump. I don't like any of them. And I, and I think, you know, they're going to have to choose like, hey, uh, who's going to be the lesser of two evils. That, again, is the choice that a lot of people are forced to make and are going to be making. And uh, it's not just us making this decision. It's also a lot of Democrats who are saying, yeah, but... And, and again, when you compromise on morals that way, no one really wins. As Of course, the system gets to play off everybody else and be as evil and as ruthless as it is because of that kind of dialectic that always plays out every four years. Instead of people doing the hard work, instead of people realizing, hey, a politician is not going to save me. A politician is not going to do all the hard things that I need to do for myself in this life. Once people realize that, I think it's it's game over for the establishment. But but the, but this whole illusion of of putting a vote, even though it matters a little bit here, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to give some of those people credence a little bit. But but the biggest thing that makes the 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 hugest difference is of course personal responsibility. Individuals taking their lives into their own hands and not needing the government, not needing the establishment, not needing the medical industrial complex or the prison industrial complex or whatever freaking complexes are out there that are, of course are just um, getting off and screwing people over by by their by their ignorance. So 
Will there be an awakening? Will people wake up? Will this election be a landslide? I don't think so. I think it's it's going to be a slow crawl towards major division, major chaos, and hopefully not major violence. In and, and that's to, that, that should be the, the thing that should be, I think, expressed most. In, in 2019, I was much more in your camp, Luke, in that I was just focused on my own personal you know, self-improvement and well-being. When, when I realized that regardless of what I felt about the political establishment, that I, there was a potential that my business and my state could be locked down for over a year and I could have things forced on me that was uh, unspeakably evil, uh, that was when I, I got politically activated in a way. Because I, I think that there is something to be said for when a, when a state, when a federal government uh, gets to this level of tyranny, it really – the vote – in some ways matters less and less, but in some ways it matters more and more. It's very complicated to, to evaluate. But I think that uh, to the point about the, the Democrat voters, the reason that I, I think that they'll turn out, regardless of who's running, is that they they have been propagandized to believe that it, it is genuinely a a blight upon their character if they don't support the Democrat, because that that to them means that then they are ushering in, you know, orange uh, Mussolini. Mm-hmm. Trying to stay safe on YouTube, um, so I think I think ultimately many of them, millions and millions of them, will turn out at the polls, and there will obviously be uh, ballot harvesting that will help them try and get over the finish line. And then we have not even seen what the censorship apparatus is going to look like on big tech this go around. It was absolutely extraordinary in 2020. People are totally forgetting what it was like because now Elon owns X and there's a lot more leniency on things, but it's going to ramp up very hard in the next six months. And I, we, we don't know what it's going to yeah, be. Everyone, everyone's lives on social media who's an independent journalist are at stake here. I yep. worry and, about yep. big tech um, an attack on X alone. Like all of a sudden we can't use X on the night of the election. I have a fear of that that happening somehow. Or the week prior. The week prior, something where you can't get out. Yep. Well, so I want to add to what uh, you guys both said. Uh, One of my legal mentors, brilliant guy, said we don't redress our grievances by voting, we redress them by the legal system. And Mm -hmm. so that's why it's incredibly important to, uh, like, voting is part of it and everybody should probably do it if they care but also um understanding and knowing your rights and knowing how to enforce your rights against an overreaching government that's an incredibly important skill that everybody needs to learn but but if you look at the court system uh and you look at how it's weaponized against trump supporters and j6ers um that doesn't highlight a good situation, mm-hmm. as of course, uh, you know, the Democrats are hijacking this institution as their own kind of political arm of repression. And you know, I had the article pulled up of what happened to Alexei Navalny, which of course the corporate media loves to talk about. There was a Netflix documentary; they they can't stop talking about this one particular case. Is of course, I, I made a larger point in uh, my YouTube video today that uh, said, uh, you know, just just to shorten it uh, as quickly as I could and to concise it. It doesn't matter if it's uh, Gonzalo Lira, Julian Assange, Donald Trump, or Alexei Navalny. Whenever you prosecute people for political ideas, you lose. And you lose in the minds of the people, and you lose um, essentially a a lot of the security that you thought you had. And you show essentially that you are insecure. Now, of course, the the argument is made that you got to crush your political opponents, but... 
I, I think everyone loses with these latest developments. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about this particular case, because there's a lot of controversy surrounding Alexei Navalny, who he was, what he represented. But uh, to me, I don't care if it's Alexei, I don't care if it's Assange, I don't think people should be punished for their ideas. Well, I would agree with you, but it, it's complicated when you realize that <clears throat> it's highly probable that he was being supported by uh, you know, foreign, aid foreign intelligence and agencies, and uh, not, just, not just the U.S., but I think also the British. So that, that makes it far more complicated. That is not to say that I am at all happy with what transpired, and let's be very careful in saying we don't actually know what happened. I mean... Uh, you look at the Epstein case, like we still don't know what happened there years later, but we're going to pretend as if we know two days after exactly what transpired with Navalny. I think obviously we don't. I, in fact, yeah, but, but he was in Russian custody. That's the big issue here. Sure. And you also make him a martyr. Yes. You make him more popular than he ever was before. Right. But, so. did, but, but was it Putin that did it? And the, the, my point is, we don't know. Like, was it Putin that put him behind bars? Yeah, probably. But was it actually him that... that took his life. I don't know. Uh, in fact, I did an entire episode on, on Liberty Lockdown that came out last night. Uh, I'd give a 40 minute breakdown of a lot of the history with this because I know most people haven't paid close attention to this, but it's a fascinating case because he was a political opposition leader in a foreign land that the American people were hammered with some of the highest level documentaries I've ever seen in my life from, from PBS to HBO to Netflix down the line, just really uh, deifying this man, despite the fact that his rhetoric reminds me a lot of Donald Trump which should make him an enemy of the American Democratic yeah, uh, voter. Th th there's videos of him marching in like extreme right-wing yes. um, factions of, of things that we can't even mention here on YouTube. Exactly. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Clint. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, is, this is the point, though, is that despite the fact that he was uh, you know, totally nativistic, totally against the, the Muslim community in Russia, and, and r would be reminiscent to a Democrat voter if you could actually understand what he was saying during these speeches uh, in Russia— they were told that he was this heroic opposition figure to this fascistic ruler in Putin. But if you invert that and you realize that, oh, this guy sounds a lot more like Trump, and oh, might I add, Trump is also being persecuted, much like Navalny, uh, still alive and not in prison, but it does appear as if they're attempting to take it that direction, does it not? And you have all of these political apparatus in America that are, are deifying Navalny while demonizing Trump, even though the, the corollary ought to be there that they're more similar than, than not. So I just think it's it's a very interesting case that people really need to dig deep in before they come to a hard conclusion, and I attempted to do so. On my yeah, but show. but if you're you're like if you're like Donald Trump, right, and you're looking at what happened to Navalny, and then you're looking at what happened to Epstein, you're like these people are trying to put me in jail for 750 years. What do you think is what do you think is going through his mind? What's going to be happening to him? in jail as of Absolutely. course the same thing happened to Jean-Luc Bernay so again lots at stake here and uh, this is why I'm going to use my favorite word this election cycle is tumultuous and going to get a lot more tumultuous from here what do you, any, anything you guys want to add on this particular topic um, I actually wanted to talk about the grievances um, before we jumped into this topic can I jump back sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. all right cool so uh, Ryan had mentioned about uh, redressing grievances and how you know that's that's the way that, that we fight back. It's not by voting, it's by redressing grievances. And, you know, we do have an issue where a lot of the courts are captured. It depends on where you have your trial. 
um, or where, where you go to, to fight something, whether or not you're going to get a fair trial, right. because everybody is so polarized right now, whether it is these dirty justices and Soros-funded DAs or, um, or just the people, your jury. You're not getting a jury of your peers. I yeah. mean, D.C. and New York, you think you're getting a fair trial? Yeah, of Come course on. not. And I mean, it, I, I brought this up a few times just in the past that um, when, when John Adams fought, um, represented the Redcoats, they got a fair trial. They had a jury. They were there were eight of them up for murder, and he got six of them off, and two of them branded with a, a manslaughter brand on their hand instead of being hung. So even pre-revolutionary war, we're talking 1770 after the death of Chris Cedar, where there's a riot that happens and five people die, and everybody's mad in Massachusetts, and the, yet these redcoats still get a fair trial. Like we are more polarized now than we are then. But the Declaration of Independence is a list of 27 of the grievances, and since. Uh, the 13th grievance is that um, King George and Parliament didn't listen to the people. They represented themselves, so they didn't have any representation and they weren't able to redress their grievances. That's why the 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 right to redress your grievances is in the First Amendment. It is that important to the founders that we had this right to redress our grievances. So the way that we do that, we have to go through our, our, our AGs, like we see Ken Paxton, for instance. He has an 80% win rate against the Biden regime, 80%. Because the state, the, the balance of power, the state's rights versus the federal rights means that your AGs can fight the federal government. And so if you want to fight the federal government and redress your grievances, you get in a state that represents your values and, you know, bring it up with your AG. But you've got to have a courageous AG like Paxton. Mm -hmm. Mo most AGs are not, unfortunately. Yep. Because, and this was the angle that Soros took in, in, in implanting all of these AGs that did away with property rights and any sort of legitimate uh, jurisprudence. So I agree with you, though. It's vitally important. Yes. So, so that's how you fight. That's how you redress. And our options are getting less and less because of the Soros-funded DAs, which, you know, we're both very familiar with. So, so that, that's how you do it. And you can do it better probably in Texas. You could do it good in Florida. You can do it in South Dakota, you know, but there's uh, a lot of places you can't anymore. All right. We got some super chats before we transition off to Rumble. One from Red Viking saying, Redhead looks hotter than Iowa. Um, I don't know what you're trying to say there, uh, Red Viking. It's uh, impossible to be colder than Iowa. Just, <laughs> just so we're clear. <laughs> Oh, it was negative 44 degree yeah. wind chill. It was not fun. Brutal. <laughs> it was not fun. We, me and Clint landed in Miami. We were like, this was dumb. I, I, we shouldn't. Have, we were hanging out with like, with like Don like, Jr., Vivek, Candace, and then we still came back after that being like, this was dumb. I wish wait, we never went. That was, like, oh literally. my gosh. And wait, am I hotter than the state of Iowa or hotter than I looked when I was on camera? I think in he Iowa? means the latter. Okay. Well, Which, thank you. I was a, wearing a beanie. It's a compliment. John, uh, John Griggs has another. Um, Super chat here saying, hey, Luke, have you seen the insane blank Maria Children's incident? Uh, SA of a two-year-old and a judge gave expungement in six months. Uh, Padua, Kentucky is furious. Uh, I'm not familiar with that particular case, but that sounds like a case of something that we would look into Chaya, and talk about yeah, on Rumble. Chaya, Chaya mm -hmm. was talking uh, about it. We, we'll, we'll cover it maybe on Rumble. I haven't heard this yet. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, MF, Josie's going to be mad. MF Damien says, Griggs, small world. I don't know what that means. They must be friends. Uh, I guess... I guess so. Uh, but there's a, there's a couple of people that uh, were a part of some crazy story that happened in, I, I, I forgot where it was, but they became members of LukeUnfilter.com. Uh, they might be calling in. We already have one caller that is waiting to call in at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Rumble, where we are going to be continuing the conversation on. So if you are right now 
on your computer, make sure to head over to rumble.com and we are here right on the front page. Uh, let's try to be, beat out Viva Frey here, <laughs> who is, um, you know, just 20 times, just, just has 20 times more viewers than we do. Let's try to beat him up. As of course, we're going to be leaving X, we're going to be leaving Facebook, we're going to be leaving Twitter, we're going to be leaving uh, YouTube, and we're all just going to be having a more honest, oh. real conversation on rumble.com forward slash we are change or just go to rumble uh and we are here on the front page you scroll down a little bit past the bar stool sports past the live categories past the continue watching and go to picks and we are here second on picks this is your time. Sign up to LukeAndFilter.com. Josh, if you're watching, put that link in the comment section below. And before we move over, uh, Josie, where can people find out more information about you before we uh, fully unleash sure. your uh, profanity-laden words and unhingedness on Rumble? <laughs> I have a very dirty mouth. Um, so you can find me on X, T-R-H-L, official. I also do outside media work for TimCast.com. So you can go over there and become a subscriber. And I host a show on uh, X called Spaces with Josie that also airs for members only on TimCast.com. And you can catch that on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday nights at 7 p.m. We're going to need earmuffs for Ryan, who is a soft, delicate child. <laughs> and will have to, of course, uh, watch himself with the massive profanity that uh, Josie is about to go off on. <laughs> so uh, apologies, Ryan, for, uh, you know, the shock that you're about to endure. And uh, where can people find out more information about you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram at the Ryan.black and I'm on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash ryanblack.us. At Liberty Lock Pod, Liberty Lockdowns the show. As I said, if you want to see the deep dive that I did on Navalny, it's on YouTube. It got uh, Algo deboosted heavily because it's not a topic that they want me want me to be talking about. But Liberty Lockdowns the show. You can find me on Rumble as well, but YouTube is where I would prefer that you watch because you're on YouTube right now. On Rumble, I'm going to plug Rumble hard. Uh, I'm also the co-host of Tower Gang. Don't watch that. And we got Steph on the buttons. Steph, we are change on the buttons. Let's go. Let's beat that dirty Canadian Viva Frey. We could do this. Maybe, hopefully, especially if you guys go to rumble.com right now. Share this broadcast with your friends and family members. It does really mean a lot. As, of course, we are finally going to be able to have full, honest, and frank discussions that sadly we cannot have on YouTube. As of course, the first video that we wanted to start off this broadcast with is one that uh, Clint sent me, <laughs> and Clint will have to explain from here. Let's play it. How about fucking can I come in the fucking bank now? Yeah, that's way worse. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's a real video, but uh, that's that's a that's a for the people listening right now. There's a guy who has a shirt that says, uh, "I'm not gay, but when I look at naked dudes, I get horny and jack off." <laughs> And he's talking to a security guard, and uh, he says, this shirt's not appropriate. He takes off his shirt, and he has another one saying, please be patient. I have autism and a gun in my pocket. <laughs> and the, guard, uh, the uh, security guard says, that's way worse. <laughs> that's almost as, as uh, I think that's, that's, that's you know, genius-level marketing. But yeah. uh, we, we, we have a very similar shirt on thebestpoliticalshirts.com <laughs> that reads, autistic fuck machine. That you can get exclusively now 
on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. Josh, if you're watching, put the link down into the description. I really appreciate that you do this, but uh, shirts are a great way to uh, make friends, start conversations, and uh, I can't wait to wear my autistic fuck machine shirt <laughs> at the clubs here in <laughs> Miami. Luke, Luke, speaking of shirts that are inappropriate, um, it, are we going to get banned because of your shirt that you wore for YouTube today? I know. I, I kind of thought about it. I was like, maybe I should. Uh, well, the way I think it's positioned, I don't think you, you could see satanic or pedophile. Can uh -huh. you? Can you? I, so I the shirt that I'm wearing right now, I was wearing it last night. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was I was there with uh, a, a friend who didn't like it, but it says uh, single, taken, or uh, resisting the satanic, pedophile, corporatist, banking cabal with memes and thought crimes. <laughs> so that's another shirt available on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. But enough of the shirt salesman, as of course, um, I, I, I might, the, the shirt that this guy has. I don't know. We might we might have to. Yeah, it's pretty uh, well, awesome. I, I might be inspired to create more of those personally myself. But let's please get be into... patient. I have autism and a gun in my pocket. It's so it's so fucking genius. I, my sides are hurting. <laughs> That's way worse. Uh, no, you can't come in the bank. Oh man. Oh, but uh, brilliant uh, marketing. And again, it just shows you you can make friends so so easily just by wearing the right T-shirt, and uh, of course send out the right messaging, which the New York City Police department is really bad at as of course now we have this latest video released by pix11 highlighting the new york city police department dance squad <laughs> yes you heard that correctly the abuelas from the chilean swat team have decided to migrate from the southern mexican border and have ended up in new york city where they have been promptly signed up by the new york city police department and now the big Chalupa Grande <laughs> Senoritas are setting up their own dance squad to dance over your grave for uh, living in New York City in utter crime-ridden hellscape. But hey, they have a dance squad. Woo! <laughs> What's worse, the TikTok nurses or this? They're all kind of uh, chunky. <laughs> they're all they're all like Clint likes them. I wish I wish an acorn would fall on the ground right now. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see the video in a bit. We're gonna play the full minute on this. Screw it. You, you need, I have to see this. You guys have to see this too. They look like cheerleaders or something. They're doing cheer dances. I'm almost wondering. I feel like we're gonna watch a basketball game. Hey, the song's a banger. Atlas ripped ass as soon as this video started, and it's absolutely murderous. I'm <laughs> sure it's Atlas and not uh, pretty yeah, sure. Staff for you, <laughs> pretty sure. But yeah, that's oh, where uh, some of your highest paying uh, taxes go to. Fat, obese women dancing a part of the New York City Police Department uh, when crime is getting completely out of hand and self-defense is becoming more and more illegal. Uh, this, this, of course, was a clip that was shared uh, virally all over social media as, of course, many people ridiculed it, and rightfully so. As, of course, um, with, with the situation that the people of New York City are dealing with to be inundated by this on PIX11... That's just uh, that's a, that's just in, that's just an insult to the injury that uh, already people face for the larger cost of living in New York City. Well, I mean, what's your guys' response to this? It just it looks to me like, you know, it's really a mystery as to why uh, you know 
property crime and violent crime is through the roof in New York. When you see these these unbelievable physical specimens, like it seems as if this would scare off any potential criminal. I don't I don't understand why it's not. Mm. Um, I, I asked during the video, but uh, which is worse, this or the TikTok dancing nurses during COVID? The nurses because we were fucking locked down. Mm. Yeah. The nurses worse. because we had to see it. Yeah. Like yeah. this, we could avoid because we could still go outside. Yeah. Right? We, we could still go to choices. the beach. Yeah, yeah. But uh, th this is, of course, um, ridiculing um, police officers is uh, becoming a little bit uh, popular, especially after an acorn incident in Florida, where uh, a police officer just uh, went uh, full Rambo. Because of an acorn that landed on the hood of a car. And uh, this, is, this is the actual video of this incident. Acorn was asking for it as, of course, <laughs> the real video is being highlighted. Um, Rest in peace, Carl Weathers. What a great scene. Oh, man. That's fucking freaking ridiculous. But this is the, the, the meme is based on a real life incident, a real life situation um, that, of course, happened here in the great free state of Florida, showing a, a, a deputy that literally went fucking crazy, started shooting at a suspect because an acorn hit the fucking car. This the, is not a joke. The suspect was in custody in the back of the vehicle. Handcuffed. Yeah, and they just handcuffed. opened fire on the A handcuffed. Imagine being pulled over, you know, whatever. Oh, you got a, you know, a warrant for whatever, not paying a parking ticket. Oh, fuck, I got to deal with the fucking state. I got to deal with the extortion. I got to deal with the taxes. All right, fine. You got to go to the court and, and, and fin you know, there was a mistake here. All right, whatever. And then you got to deal with this fucking situation. took the sound of an acorn hitting his vehicle. He was shot. All right. He thought he was shot. This is the second camera. Angle. What? What? This is his partner. Where, right there? By the way, there's this is a bystander standing in front. And, and Jesse! The, the... Jesse, are you okay? Oh, God. Get in the house! Get in the house! Jesse! Get less... back! Anger towards her than I do for the dude. I feel anger for both of them, but, but the like, dude, the dude but set like, it off though. But like, why? Okay, 45. if someone if someone's doing something stupid, why do you shoot 
at the same okay uh, your, your your partner again is shooting at, at a handcuffed suspect in the back there you decide fuck it why not as well there's a playground there's homes literally right there there's a family right there why are they my, shooting themselves? I'm confused. My, so, they, it was there's an acorn. An stuff. acorn. An acorn fell. So I've no. I've definitely confused things for other things like before. So I'm not gonna say I'm like not a retard sometimes, but I still. How do you confuse the sound of an acorn hitting a car with being shot? This guy must have had some crazy trauma, maybe. Like, and yeah, that maybe we like need some... to screen some people. Wh- was who he an shoved, Iraq war sh- veteran? Who, sh- who shoved the acorn where? Okay, is the question that a lot of people should be asking themselves. But I mean, the, the reality is, like, regardless of whether or not he's got PTSD or something, he can't be on this job. Like, he, you should absolutely have charges brought against you for uh, endangerment, att- attempted of life. homicide. I mean, they like this is third degree homicide. You. You you have to you have to fucking go to jail, and I don't think that they're bringing charges against this guy. The best the last I read. Well, luckily the guy who was in the back of the the, the police squad car, luckily he wasn't hit. He, this just shows you again not, the larger incompetencies <laughs> of the police department. Not not Here. the lack of trying. They they, they, they tried to they tried to kill him. They they try to kill him. Let's just be honest here. They so, they try to take him out. So le- legally speaking, the police have qualified immunity. Right. However. You have to be operating within the course of your actual duties. Like if you go too far outside of like the training manual or whatever it is, then you won't necessarily be covered. And this is again, like this is everything that that, uh, was talked about from the taxpayer funding going to these, this ridiculous dance moves to this again, just emphasizes one, you have to know the law and understand the law. You have to be able to protect yourself so you don't need the police. And if you do if you do that correctly, then number one, you won't be paying unnecessary taxes to fund these uh, these absurd things. The, the, the comments on Rumble right now are, are, are pretty rich. There's some people saying he was IDF trained. <laughs> There's some people saying that this situation is is nuts. Uh, so uh, I. <laughs> I appreciate all the puns here. But uh, again, we're seeing um, ABC News trying to make this a race thing. They they wrote an article, Florida deputy mistakes falling acorn for gunshots, fires into patrol car with black man inside. Okay, why are we going off the racial kind of tensions here when when clearly this guy probably had a nut allergy or (laughs) didn't like nuts or maybe had some fiber issues or... Let's, let's be honest. Uh, if it was some white crackhead in the back of the patrol car, he was going to fucking un- unleash hellfire on this dude regardless. He's just very fortunate to be alive. Like, I appreciate Ryan's advice, but let's be honest. Even if you're abiding by the law and you end up being in the back of a patrol car uh, on false pretenses and then some cop has an acorn fall on a fucking cruiser and then he unloads two clips while you're handcuffed. I mean, this dude is just a sitting duck. It's just a miracle that he didn't get hit. This reminds me of another case that I remember uh, reporting on and bringing up that a lot of people are like, no, no, wait, that didn't happen. But there was a particular case of a police officer stopping someone on train tracks. And oh, I saw that video. Yeah, yeah. There was a lawsuit and the police were at fault here. As of course, they literally handcuffed a suspect in a police car on train tracks. And and a train came. And then the train literally hit the person 
in the fucking squad car as the female police officer that like locked him in no. was literally just like, oh, a train's coming. Oh and they didn't do anything. And they stood by and watched as for multiple minutes as they saw a train coming on the horizon. Oh. And uh, yeah, that's that's the level. The of, person survived uh, miraculously yeah. once again. But this this went super viral about a year ago. We could pull it up if you want. But it's the cops. There's just. I, I realize that some cops are really good and some cops do a really important job. Then there's cops like this that that are honestly and obviously a danger to humanity. Like this cop is a total danger to humanity. The female partner that comes out in in her defense, she thinks that her partner is doing the the right thing and that he's been fired upon and he's returning fire. She doesn't know what's transpiring. You, you, and you look at what you shoot first, know, though. If I you know. have a gun, you don't pull the trigger unless you know what you're shooting at. I, I totally agree. And you agree don't just say, oh, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> you don't fucking unload. Uh, no. Look, look, uh, well, there's no disagreement. I'm just saying that the, the real, like the, the, uh, impetus for this catastrophe comes from the dude who thought that a fucking acorn falling was a gunshot. So he's the one that that uh, you know holds the the primary onus. But certainly she didn't behave properly either. So I'm reading uh, about this particular case, and uh, we're finding out that after a review of this case, criminal investigations divisions in the county state attorney office found no probable cause for criminal Jesus. charges for Hernandez who started with the agency in January 2022. I think the logical conclusion here is that a lot of police officers are definitely undertrained, don't know what they're doing. And I know it's not easy to, to be a police officer. You have to deal with some of the biggest scumbags in our society. I do a lot of training with police officers, and I go through a lot of more advanced police training that, than, than what they go through. And it's fucking difficult. It's fucking hard. Stephanie does it as well. Clint does it as well. You guys participate in the large classes that of course we uh we uh do here in in florida with fellow police officers and uh it, it's fucking tough it's it's fucking difficult especially when you get caught up in the situation you get tunnel vision you stop listening to things and uh it, it's pretty clear that what we saw in uvalde what we saw in parkland uh, we're living in a situation where constitutional carry i think is more important than ever personal responsibility knowing how to handle self yourself is more important than ever and clearly police officers some of them shouldn't be on the job don't get enough training and uh, do not conduct themselves adequately for uh, everyone's uh, safety and protection luke in the uh, telegram i just sent you the the cop train no that's uh Like, yeah, bye-bye, Becky. I'm going to just get out of here. After we put you in a fucking squad car. No, that's a... Uh... Get her out now. Police officers, um, do your best not to make sudden movements. Make sure you're not under an acorn tree. Make sure, <laughs> make sure you pray that it, that it's not a female officer. I'm just joking. I'm joking. No, hey, we but, got Sam no, Hyde. But, we got Sam Hyde booked coming on in a couple weeks. This is Sam Hyde's entire fucking case. That like female cops because they are not physically as strong as men. That's a fact. I don't give a fuck if it offends you. 
they will resort to lethal violence much more readily than male cops will. And you see it time and time again. This is why that we, I think it was just last week we were talking about that other one where they, there was a, a, a burglary uh, call. They went out there. They see some, some dude who's like a friend of the family that's in the house, and they just unload their full fucking clips on him. Yeah, the same thing goes not even for women, but for like low T men who get this job because they were course, bullied in high yeah. school. Same exact thing. And you look at the people who want power positions. They're either in it for really two reasons. Like, a, they're like Congressman Massey who really just wants to do a good job, so he goes into politics to 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 help. And then you have people who go into politics who are just evil motherfuckers. Right. And I mean, I don't, I can't even list them all. Yeah. Um, same thing for cops. Some <laughs> cops get in there and they the, the, the good the good list yeah. was very short. It was Massey, and then yeah. you're like, and then it's the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Mandatory yeah. testosterone testing for police officers. Yes, right. The same thing. You get the same thing. You do have a few that get in there because they want to help people. Maybe them dream. Maybe their dad was a cop. They've dreamt of being a cop their whole life. You know, and they they want to help people. But um, did you just shrink, Josie? Did you get <laughs> a lot smaller than you were before? I'm slouching. Um, so, but but then you get you get the cops who are evil and the politicians who are evil. So. Well, this goes just to stop to, hiring uh, soy boys just across the board. No fucking easy. soy boys. If your T's below 400, you're not getting on the force. Exactly. I, I, I honestly, I think that's a good that's, litmus test. Like, really. That's true. It's, I mean, they, they're starting to put in, thank God, litmus, te- uh, litmus, te- litmus tests like that for, for men who think that they're women who, for swimming in sports. They're starting to be like, all right, well, if your T level's a certain amount, then no, you can't swim. Well, firefighters now, uh, if they're, you know, women, they're told, hey, uh, you know, you don't have to carry the full weight that the men do during tests to qualify this. You could carry a lot less weight. And I'm like, that's that's r- ridiculous. And as we saw with the Chilean SWAT team, there's there's a very serious discussion to be had here that, of course, involves not just their safety, but everyone else's safety as well. As, of course, if you are someone that takes self-defense seriously, you got to train. You got to make sure that you know what you're doing. You got to make sure that you don't hurt yourself or your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of discipline. That takes a lot of hard work. And let's be honest here. A lot of people aren't ready for it. And when you're dealing with police officers, uh, you know, a lot of people have this kind of fetishization with them. A lot of people have this also uh, either love or hatred of them. Again, police officers are just regular people. They could be anybody. They could be good. They could be bad. There's some amazing individuals that I know that are police officers that are salt of the earth, awesome freaking human beings that I call my friends and and I absolutely enjoy being with and learning from. There's other scumbags that, of course, are just absolute freaking low-life, pathetic gang members who are using the police officers as a form of protection racket to essentially do their horrible actions against the general public, who, of course, many people fall victim and prey to when they, they you know, think that they're dealing with someone who, of course, is going to be one of their buddies. Again, no one's your buddy. They're just regular people. They're, they're, they're all sorts of human beings, uh, good and bad. But uh, overall... When it comes to kind of uh, in enforcement, there is a lot of history when it comes to enforcing a lot of bad laws. And when we look at essentially the war on drugs, especially with what happened with Susan Wojcicki, I, I think there's an argument to make here when it comes to the war on drugs, when it comes to this tragic situation that she now is involved in, as of course the story just broke a couple hours ago that her son, 19 years old, in UC Berkeley, 
was found dead, allegedly, of an overdose. And, you know, I see some people re responding uh, very, uh, you know, crassly to this. And, and again, this is not the time to do that. This is tragic. Uh, this is horrible. This is something that uh, I, I, I think should be talked about in, uh, you know, a, a, a more empathetic, more caring way. As, of course, this affects a lot of people. This affects a lot of middle America, a lot of people who sadly are trying out drugs or using recreational drugs or, or just trying to explore and are literally dying because their drugs are filled with fentanyl, well, which is most likely what happened here. Let's, uh, let's good cop, bad cop this, Luke. Yeah. Uh, Susan was responsible for the censorship protocols in 2020, which allowed for a toxic vaccine to be injected in billions of people with any countervailing voices that were advising caution being suppressed and obliterated from the internet. So while I am very sad for her son in particular, I do not have any sympathy for her specifically. You don't care about the, the broader safety of, of the, the, the public. And it's like, it's just, at some point you have to reflect on, on people's prior actions and, and decide whether or not these are good people. She's not a good person. That doesn't yeah. mean her son deserves say, to die. Say what you may about her, but I don't think this is the time to be like, well, she's a bad person. I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, that's outside Susan of the... Who? Susan Wojcinski, the CEO, CEO of YouTube. YouTube. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. So... Uh, I think you can understand my perspective is all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that it is appropriate to be dunking on her and, and, and uh, you know, establishing the entire history necessarily in this moment, but I think it's important that we also don't forget what she did for the past three years as CEO of YouTube and, and the catastrophe that was when it came to open dialogue and free speech in America and not just America, but the entire world. YouTube is, is everywhere. So this is a, like, she's got, she's got blood on her hands. That's the truth. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Every single person that was involved in spreading vaccines uh, and silencing dissenting voices deserves to die. Uh, what? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I did not say that. So, so it was her son. We have to say we disavow immediately <laughs> it was, those. It was those her son that. Yeah, it was her son. Uh, Nineteen-year-old UC Berkeley. So we have more context to the story here, as we have um, context here from Real uh, PDB One Two Three, who said on uh, Twitter. A 19-year-old son, a former CEO of Google, dead from fentanyl overdose at freshman year of UC Berkeley. No, he probably didn't take a fentanyl pill. No, he probably wasn't a junkie. He probably did what many of us have done in our lives, experiment with drugs. For him, though, it was fatal. Why? Because fentanyl is in everything these days, killing our youth. This happens all the time, and it's heartbreaking. Having a couple of drinks, someone takes out a bag of cocaine. Someone says, let's try these new gummies. Hey, want to try this? This ecstasy here take this xanax it'll take the edge off want a trip with me on some lsd these are all situations many of us believe uh have been in some of the funnest and stupidest times of our lives they aren't supposed to kill you they are supposed to help you grow one way or another don't act all righteous and say you didn't do it and would never many people have recreational drug use has been with us since the dawn of time God knows how many of us would have been dead in the fentanyl era. Fentanyl is laced every is is fentanyl is lacing everything and pouring in through our border. 
nobody realizes it's a problem until it hits home, until someone's kid takes a bump of cocaine at a party, and rather than regret it, they die. That's not right. Where are the three-letter agencies? My response to that, they're probably the ones shipping it in. Mm -hmm. As Of course, they shipped in the crack cocaine, and they're probably shipping in the fentanyl, as, of course, the larger connection that I wanted to make here is through a larger understanding of the war on drugs that, of course, makes it so a lot of illegal, illicit substances can't be tested, can't be brought to a market where, of course, the safest products could be made available because there's a black market with the war on drugs that, of course, I believe the intelligence agencies have kind of engineered in a way where they profit off of both ends of it. They profit off of when people go to jail. They profit off of when they bring in the drugs. They profit off of when they put fentanyl in it. And when you look at this larger kind of cycle, I, I do believe there's a lot more interconnected to this than a lot of people understand it to be, as, of course, the CIA and the Chinese government worked together when it came to making COVID. And I believe the CIA is working with the, the Chinese government right now, making fentanyl and releasing it to the general public. Yeah, That's just my it's, perspective. It's China getting back at the West for the opium wars. But it's not just China. I, the, the, the United States, like uh, intelligence, deep state, the NSA, the spying, they're able to know everything, right? You, you're, you're telling me that we can't, we can't deal with this, this, this problem? You tell me, you're telling me that the agency that brought in the crack cocaine isn't bringing the, the fentanyl? I think they are. I, uh, the FBI is playing both sides, so they always come out on top. <laughs> um, so... Fentanyl is is poison and takes just a couple of grains to kill you. Um, and it, it's they're like this. It's the grain is like the size of a grain of salt. Um, and they can put it in everything. It looks like everything. It looks like sugar. It looks like salt. It looks like cocaine. It looks like everything. And so you get too much of it, and, you, and you're dead. We have we have a picture of uh, just how much like fentanyl could kill you. Yeah. As of course, there's this is it's, this is a picture of a penny, and this is a picture of of a little substance. That, that kills What's you. There, there's, there's, there's incidences where police officers even touch fentanyl and they die of a fentanyl overdose, it's, which it, is fucking terrifying. to realize is that it's not even an overdose. It's a poisoning. You're being poisoned by fentanyl. You're doing your cocaine. You're doing an, an amount of cocaine that's not going to overdose you. But the minute you put fentanyl in it or somebody puts fentanyl in it, you're poisoned. You've been poisoned now. So it's just a very important this, distinction. This is, this is the important point to make, too, is that how many people do you know or have you ever heard of that died of a fentanyl overdose from taking prescription drugs? It doesn't happen because those drugs are legal. They're regulated. And there's yeah. regulated and there's also there's testing. They make sure that they're that whatever you're being advertised as purchasing, you actually get that. It's I'm not saying that those drugs are good for you. Most of them are fucking very dangerous too. However, it's the black market that is is generating this. It is the prohibition era which has uh, made this such a, a vast issue. Um, and I don't think that the answer, as Vivek Ramaswamy, despite all of my affection for the guy, I think it's a terrible plan to uh, go to war with the cartels, thinking that that's going to stop it. I, I think that the truth is, as Luke described, it's almost certainly, given that you have the ATF, you have DHS, you have FBI, you have CIA, you have all of these three-letter agencies. Someone asked, where are the three-letter agencies? Well, they're fucking there, bro. Mm -hmm. They're there and they don't care. And it's time that you stop asking them to defend you when you say, let's legalize this shit. This is how they fund their black ops. This is how they manipulate you. 
We have to we have yeah. to actually strike the root. This I know is why, where they are. Th- this They're... is why they went after uh, Afghanistan. And I wanted to finish off uh, your point, Clint, before going to you, Ryan, really quickly. Of uh, uh, this, uh, you know, post that I was just reading. The post goes on and asks, "Why are recreational drugs safer in other countries? Why are most, if not all, fentanyl deaths in the USA? Why are other recreational drugs being poisoned by whom?" Why is it being allowed? Who's telling these cartels to kill off our drug users? Recreational drugs use is at an all-time low world word on the street, but won't stop our kids from making one mistake. What the fuck is happening here? As, of course, we have this post underneath uh, this uh, highlighting of how much fentanyl could kill you with someone describing a situation where he had a friend who, quote, shared a bag of Coke with three other people. He OD'd and everyone else was fine. So uh, again, highlighting crazy situations, lives are taken. There is a full out war being waged on the people. And uh, what the fuck is going on here? Well, it's probably a government conspiracy against you. That's just my own personal take. Ryan, we cut you off. Sorry, go ahead. I I was just going to make a joke that all the three-letter agencies are down at the border waving everybody through. That's Mm -hmm. where they fucking are. Yeah. Uh, Or or they actually function within the cartels themselves. But... To 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 your point, so and it, it connects to what we were talking about uh, earlier about the sort of relaxing of all the standards, letting letting women in, letting soy boys in, and stuff like that. What like what's the? I'm just I, I'm struggling to understand what the like what's the ultimate end game of all like the deep state and all these people basically opening up the borders, letting fentanyl be and everything killing people having such relaxed standards that the military doesn't function forcibly vaccinating everybody so that they're weakened why do they just they basically just want to like weaken yes. weaken the country and kill everybody yeah. yes uh, it's, well, it's, it's depop- called a death cult for yeah. a reason it's it's <laughs> like, the depopul the depopulation agenda but on top of that um a weak sick populace does not fight back and they're more easily uh conquerable mm-hmm. yeah and and if you're if you don't even trust your own heart strength, then yeah, it's highly probable that if you're dealing with tyrannical times, you're not going to rise up. And they're doing it in a way that uh, they're using DEI standards to, to do that specifically with, with women, you know, women of color, that, that sort of thing. And I, I shared something recently about um, pilots. All right. So if there is a job opening for a pilot and 100 pilots apply for this job opening, only the the rule is that, okay, well, we can only hire three and they all have to be women of of color. Then statistically, that uh, number is going to drop from 100 applicants that you can sift through and find the best ones to three. And the chances of those three applicants being the best and the brightest of that group of 100 people is one in 94 million. So that's that's what's happening. We're getting our standards are getting lower. Things are getting more dangerous and they're doing it because they're doing it off DEI. They're doing it in a way to guilt us. They're doing it in a way to be like, oh, we need equity. We need we need equality. We need we need that sort of thing. So, uh, Is there a way to find out which companies are employing the DEI standards? They're usually pretty bold about it. Yeah, all of them. They, all they of publicly them. announced like, it. I want to see a list. Here's, so here's the thing. The DEI stuff, I understand because it helps your ESG scores. So these big companies, they want to make sure that they're uh, that they're investable from you know from the, the likes of uh, Vanguard and BlackRock and stuff like that. And yep. the issues, I get that. But governments themselves, like the military, the police, like they they don't have ESG scores to worry about. Why nope. are they Why I, are they doing this? Oh, I can explain. Barack Obama. 
that this actually the ESG framework is actually uh, not what came first. It was DEI that came through Barack Obama in, in August of 2011 or 12, where he passed a mandate that every federal department in the U.S. government, every single motherfucking one has to have DEI practices. So regardless of their ESG score, DEI actually began with the federal government. Mm. Yep. And, uh, what year was that? I think it was eleven. Yeah, two thousand eleven. So maybe it was twelve. But regardless, like we're we're now a decade plus into this. We we are seeing our infrastructure issues. We're seeing our our civilizational like broad level issues. Uh, my estimation to get back to Ryan's original question is like, what is the fucking game plan here? I believe that it is a a slow moving Marxist revolution. That they mm-hmm. they they perceive what is as flawed and what is must go. And it's not about what comes next as much as it is about what crushing what is. So I know I, know I sound like fucking Kamala Harris when I talk like that, but this is the reason she <laughs> talks like that. They are genuinely Marxist revolutionaries. And I know people think that like Kamala Harris is too dumb to be that. If you actually listen to the words she uses, despite how dumb she sounds, that's what she's, that's what she's about. All right, we're going to go to callers from uh, members of LukeUnfiltered.com. If you're a member of LukeUnfiltered.com, make sure to go into the chat room. As, of course, we have a first caller from uh, Nitty Gritty, who we are uh, waiting to call in and pick up and ask us whatever questions that Nitty Gritty wants to ask us. Nitty Gritty, how are you? Thank you so much for becoming a member. Thank you so much for calling in. Feel free to turn on your video camera, and uh, we hear you loud and clear. All right, great. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, Nitty Gritty. I'm in the North North Cali, East Bay. Just got some curiosity and some uh, short questions. So uh, I'll say on the police agents, like, I think ultimately these agents are part of a system that's kind of been installed for us, not necessarily to serve us or serve them. Uh, and I think we can kind of agree that the partisan system is kind of dragging us further along uh, towards what it wants for us. And so my questioning here is, um, is, is there any, is there anyone that's aware of what policies and agencies are doing in the UK? And I shared a video. It's called Met police officers threatened to arrest Christian preacher over hate allegation, crime allegations. And so I'm seeing that everything happening here in the States is kind of mirrored in the UK. And I'm kind of wondering, like, why are why are we so focused on our partisan two partisan two party group here? when it seems like if we look back in the history, uh, it all is in the same family uh, from back in the 1200s um, in the UK. Like all of our presidents are connected to this same family. Um, so it's really like like a bigger picture that I think is not rooted in America. And so I'm curious why more people are not looking outside of our bubble at the UK the arrests happening there in the streets and what's allowed to be practiced there and just the uh, the powers there 
and how they're crazy what's happening in the united kingdom is of course people literally get arrested for uh, accidentally misgendering someone uh ryan you're from uh, the uk why are you doing all this why are you causing us so much pain and havoc well i'm actually i'm i was actually born in this country uh interestingly but i grew up in i grew up in london and yeah it's it's way worse we don't have freedom of speech like uh in the uk like we do here uh so there's there's way worse stuff uh going on i actually had speaking of the big tech censorship so i was near tommy robinson when he was uh going through there was a court case or whatever and he was like coming out of a if you preach in here and uh like, get, like, like talking to people i went past i was like in the area in central london and went to go see what was going on and then left years later facebook found that that uh, like a live video i did of like oh like tommy robinson's n nearby and they gave me a 30-day ban i wasn't allowed to go live i wasn't allowed to post because they trolled back two years and found the fact that i was near somebody that they don't like and and censored me that's the level of that's the level of censorship that they're, that they're allowed to do. And Tommy Robinson's been in jail multiple times too. Yeah, for 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 literally for absolutely nothing. Yeah, for, for speaking. absolutely nothing. And it's just it's it's become it's literally become a thing where if you if you say anything that might possibly go against their agenda of importing millions of Muslims into the country, which nobody voted for, if you do anything that might upset this which again i'm not sure what their plan even is. like I, i'd love to know what the agenda for that but if you even come close to slightly upsetting that plan you get you your your life gets destroyed yep like completely destroyed it's, I, a, it's a slow crawl towards human enslavement yes. and then extermination the, and then they they believe that they're going to be gods and they're going to upload their consciousness until the clouds and live forever that's essentially that, what we're dealing so, with as they as they think they're they take drugs and they literally think they're making deals with interdimensional <laughs> beings in order to help facilitate that, that's this fine, that's but literally I, what's happening. i still yeah. i still don't understand like if you like if you want to if you want to be a parasite on on an economy surely you want that economy to be functioning as pro, as like prosperously as possible right so why would you why would you like literally kill off the middle class and the like the the best and the brightest and then import the lowest skilled lowest IQ in inbred people who are just all they all they can do is like drive uber that's it they well, can't. They're, is, they're, 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 they're not, not going to pay taxes into the system. Mm -hmm. They're not going to have high-level jobs that they're going to contribute to society. What, what's the what's the end game of well, this? Well, this, they this. want you dependent on the state. They want mm -hmm. a UBI, and what better way to get a UBI than have people come in who, of course, are going to be dependent on social welfare and then have them hooked on it and have them uh, stuck in a position. Because when you have uh, social welfare, it doesn't just kind of help them out temporarily, as a lot of people on the left think it does. It keeps people in place. It keeps people from trying. It keeps people from trying to break out and make something bigger and better out of themselves because they're complacent. They're, they're giving that little bit of handout, a little bit here, a little bit here. Why do I need to try? When I could get the same when I don't do anything, and that's where they kind of keep you in this, control. This is this is the reason that I say it's a Marxist revolution. This is exactly what happened in Russia. It, they go after the farmers. They go after the productive class. They they try and import people that will be revolutionary, that that will actually fight and die for the regime because they're the ones giving them handouts. 
I swear to you, that's what's happening. I know it sounds totally fucking crazy, but they are not concerned with what is. They are not concerned with the productive class. They want that destroyed because they want the state to be the the end-all, be-all that everyone turns to. They still have the power of the printing press. They still have the, the monopoly on state violence. They believe that they can prevail in that scenario. I think they're wrong, and I think that the people will eventually revolt. But in that interim, this is, we are in that interim. This is it's it's up to us to decide which which pathway we want to take somebody needs to introduce these people to ludwig von mises yes the socialist calculation <laughs> problem yes dude yes um, nitty gritty uh, sent us uh, a video with his uh, question we're going to play the video right if now if you preach in here it also depends on what you say because you might be um uh you might be committing criminal offences as well. Yeah, for, example, you, for example, give us an example. Any homophobic comment? Yeah. Right, if, so you, we, if, you we, a, if, if you make a criminal offence. I'm aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not what we're not really doing that. What we're doing is about preaching our religion. You're going to provide me with the details, yes or no? What details are you requesting? I need your name and your address. Okay, so can you explain to me why do you need these details? Pardon? Can you explain to me? Because I don't understand why. Okay, currently there's an allegation. Okay. It's an offence. So what allegation was it, sir? Hate crime. Hate crime. Sexual public order offence. So what was said to cause a hate crime, sir? Homophobic behaviour. Give me an example, sir. Give me an example. I've not heard anything. I'm not saying I've heard anything. Someone's called us, okay? It might be completely untrue. It might be true. I do not know. If you don't give me your name and address, I have grounds to arrest you. Google it, it's code of practice, okay? I'm aware of that. I can arrest you. I know. That's okay? fine. I, I appreciate that. Can I confirm you're aware of the allegation now? That no, no. I, I'm still not aware. That's all I'm going to ask you some questions, yeah? So, what aren't you sure of? I, I, I can I'm see a, you smiling, so I think you're finding this I'm a bit I'm smiling because so I'm a friendly person. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you one last time, no, no, otherwise no. you're going to be placed under arrest. Excuse so, me. I'm going to ask you for excuse the final me. time, sir. I'm not asking excuse anymore. Excuse me. You've been asked too many what a statist fucking shithole. Holy fucking cow. <laughs> Thought police, fucking right. police officers breaking down your door, fucking coming into your home for saying something that someone didn't like. That's nope. the future that uh, a lot of people in, face. In truth, we don't even know what they said there. I mean, that's the crazy thing. But look, you have a right to be homophobic. I'm not even saying it's prudent. I'm not saying it's nice. I'm not homophobic myself. However, that's yeah, not a Clint's fucking... Gay. It's, yeah, Clint, fucking Clint's gay. gay shit. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, am I going to throw myself in jail for hating myself? I do hate myself, but that's a separate story. Look, you can't... You cannot have thought policing. There's, there's been... Tons of dystopic novels written about this. What the fuck are we doing to ourselves? Do you think that George Orwell was an instruction manual? Are you retarded? Can I say retarded? Will I be thrown in jail for saying it, even though it's done in jest? I mean, this is this is a really dangerous trajectory, and the fact that the British are just putting up with it is mind-blowing. But I think the truth is that once you've replaced so much of the domestic population that you, f you fear them not. Well, this this is what comes to pass, and I think that this is why people like Tommy Robinson, which, by the way, I had on Liberty Lockdown a month ago. I I didn't know much about the guy. I was like, but I, I knew I couldn't have him on YouTube because I would lose my channel if I were to. But having the conversation with him, totally reasonable guy who's just like, I value the British history. I value the principles that our our nation was founded on, and it's and it's being deteriorated because of these migrants. And it's like that's just true. You don't, it doesn't make you hateful to say it. It's just true. And if you see the fucking police coming around and trying to arrest you based off of just vague allegations of homophobia, you have already lost your nation. What the, this is, this is Mao, this is what Mao did. Um, he wanted to get rid of what he called the four olds, and that was ideas, culture, um, habits, and customs. 
And so what we're seeing is a global a global version of, 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 of Mao and all the things that he did will surely come after. But in order to abolish a custom, the easiest way, the easiest thing to do is to get a bunch of people who are not your custom, like Muslims into Ireland, for instance, like, and, and it's, it's just uh, washing out. It's, it's neutralizing it. It's thinning out their culture. And, uh, you know, and that happened in, that happened in China. Like if you look at old Chinese, like culture, you know, how beautiful it was. Like you can, you can go to like Epcot studios, for instance, and they, they have a, a China. Okay. And I know Disney's not popular, but I'm just using it as a reference point. Okay. Don't attack me. Okay, so you can go there and they have kind of like old China. It's got the gardens and it has the stories, it has the history, it has the dance, it has the costume, it has all of this. You go to China now and it's like just overpopulated cogs in a machine and, and you just don't have the same beauty that you had before and that's that's because that's an old thing to hold on to and the new revolution brings about new tyranny. And, and, and hence why so many statues in America have been torn down over the past decade is mm -hmm. that this is their belief. And yes. this is why everything in our history is portrayed as being racist. Because if you, it's not about it being racist, it's about unmooring you from the foundation of your civilization. Yes. And we have been. I had a Z Van Fleet on my show and she lived through the communist um, or the, the Chinese. She lived under Mao and then she escaped. To Cultural America. revolution. Cultural revolution. So she, she explained to me what the, the four olds were. And, um, and she said the first thing that they started doing when it all began was statues and street signs. All of that had to go. Um, and they would um, get children. Children would be the ones that would lead, lead it. It's children, teenagers, young adults. Uh, they were the ones that that led this this revolution. And she ended up working on a farm, you know, starving. Um, and and that's all what our future is, because they like what he did, how he did it. They're following suit on a global level. And, so and when you look at when you look at the college graduates, the young people in America, including white people, mm -hmm. they come out of college and they they perceive all of their elders as being these racist relics that have yes. no value to add. This is exactly what happened in the Cultural Revolution under Mao, is that the, the young population became essentially the foot soldiers for the regime, and everybody else in the productive class was was uh, you know rele relegated not just to second-class citizenship, but ultimately persecuted yeah. to the end of the earth. Mm -hmm. And I perceive that to be transpiring in America, and it's like, just because you bring that up doesn't mean that you hate other cultures. Mm -hmm. It means that I do have a preference for mine. Yeah. I have a preference for the hard-fought Bill of Rights Mm -hmm. type of foundation that allowed us to create the greatest economy and the most peaceful uh, civilization, at least domestically, in, in many, many generations. What's scary is these foot soldiers, the, the, the kids coming out of college, they're the next round of congressmen. That's well, what we're going to have to and, choose And from. lawyers and judges. I mean, once yep. they get into those positions of power, which many of them already are, we are absolutely mm -hmm. fucked. You yeah. know who's the, the foot soldiers? These grande chulupas <laughs> right here dancing up a storm on Pix 11 News, the part of the NYPD dance squad that, of course, is uh, fucking hell shaking their fat asses. So as you this love, country you, fucking crumbles. Luke, you clearly love their fat asses. Otherwise, you wouldn't be playing that clip for the second time. <laughs> oh, listen, there's a reason this video you're, clip's on loop in front of my screen. You've nonstop. been jacking off to that clip for the last two days. I just clearly. Uh, I, you know, there, I, this is the most asexual dance routine <laughs> I've ever seen. Like, it does nothing for anybody. <laughs> yeah, apparently, well, does a lot for Luke. I, I don't mean, think so. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. As much as I want to dunk on Luke, uh, this is just. 
There was zero sexual. Like, I don't even know how you can have eight women gyrating and have zero sexual uh, interest. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you get an any from this one. <laughs> Not an Audi. So, it's like well, I just that's... dove into a fucking a bowl, like a ice water bath. Oh, oh, <laughs> Nitty gritty. I hope we answered your question. Uh, thank you so much for calling and thank you so much for sending your video. Any last comments do you want to leave us here with? Yeah, I just appreciate the uh, discourse that went around there uh, just now about it and just are able to you know, like keep a joke in there too because I think that's really important. And, uh, you know, I think we've really got to dodge these propaganda campaigns. We've got to start um, auditing our uh, our police agents and uh, trying to turn them uh, towards uh, managing... Uh, society as we would prefer, not as um, their handlers would. And I just want to encourage people that, you know, we have the power to do that. And as we further do things like this and have this kind of discourse, we can gather around that. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. So much for becoming a member of LukeUnfiltered.com. Thank you so much for calling in. And and the reason I keep playing this video again, Ryan, I I, I do like you know the bodacious bodacious women. I do like uh, you know you you know, uh, but but I I want to highlight specifically how. These motherfuckers can't even dance right, okay? They can't police right. They can't fucking dance right either, for fuck's sakes. You, you haven't seen this video. Trust me. Trust me. It doesn't help satiate any of my primal um, needs and wants. And uh, as Clint said, it absolutely does the opposite of that. But, uh, Ryan, you know, you do see how, uh, you know, the mating world is, especially from your perspective, especially from uh, your business, essentially being a kind of dating coach. What are you kind of seeing out there? Because uh, it seems like a lot of this, like, political fentanyl, like crazy crime and mess is, is, is rolling over into social situations, into social settings. Are you seeing a, a kind of degradation of society from your perspective as a dating coach? Or are you seeing a kind of pushback against it? Uh, definitely, definitely a, a degradation of basic social skills for a lot of people. Anxiety is, I mean, skyrocketed, especially oh, yeah. with COVID, uh, social anxiety in both men and women. Uh, there's way less, there's way less sort of understanding and connection between men and women. Uh, the people are more confused by like, what, what, you know, what's going on with your, in your, like the, Men have a harder time understanding what's going on in the mind of women and vice versa. There's a lot less communication. And I think with the rise of the with the rise of feminism on one side and red pill stuff on the other, and MGTOW and all of those kind of movements, they're they're sort of these polar opposites of basically viewing the opposite sex with with distrust and um as you know, as the problem, and the a lot of the stuff that's going on with uh, governments and and the media is only serving to sort of exacerbate that and make it worse. So in the UK, going back to us having no rights, there's literally politicians that have been trying to pass laws that they say are against harassment, but are literally laws basically saying if you go up to a girl and just like literally like try, try to chat her up or say hi, just try yeah. and talk to her. 
if she if she's like not interested then that could be har harassment and a crime and you could go to prison yeah now now there are you know incidences where there's a, a bunch of weirdos and, and creepers and a bunch of bad people usually individuals within hollywood when they're casting a lot of their next celebrity stars uh but <laughs> but but yeah, a lot of this is is completely getting out of hand and i think part and parcel to what we've been describing this kind of political polarization this kind of destruction of any kind of party like drug life this kind of over policing it's kind of a a larger kind of coalescing and this is why i i find what you do you know fascinating but also important because if people can't even get along with each other what makes you think you know we could get along with with anybody um and i think the destruction of social relationships have been directly under attack and they're attack in many kind of deceivious ways in a lot of manipulative ways and i think you know i i even got to catch myself and i think a lot of people should try to catch themselves too when it comes to um the, the kind of dating world out there that seems kind of more poisonous and toxic than ever and the 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 the, the you know the big social media companies and the the big dating companies again are are perpetuating something that's kind of good for their bottom line but is not good for people at all i mean so people being glued to social media again that that uh, only hurts the, uh, their ability to connect with people in real life and then the uh for example uh, Tinder and a lot of the uh, a lot of the big social media companies. They're actually a lot of them are all owned by Match Group, which is, is one big conglomerate. Uh, they basically the way that their the way that their algorithm works is it has nothing to do with trying to match people with people that they might be compatible with long term. It's literally not a single. They make billions of dollars a year. They've literally never hired even one scientist who's an expert in attraction or anything like that to understand yeah. what are these two people should they actually be together what so they want what's, is what's the algorithm built on yeah to, to keep algorithm. you hooked to keep you on the product to keep you swiping Steph switched cameras really um and i read this before but when, when people saying you're not supposed to meet your 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 love on the social you're, you're supposed to be hooked and you're supposed to pay and you're supposed to be a consumer and that's exactly yeah what they so want. so the the algorithm is designed basically to um penalize men unless they're paying and then give them a little bit of a boost so to keep them uh, have them keep paying and to the extent that it will actually uh match people together who might go on a date they 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 want it to be a kind of short-term hookup thing like the most the most common things i hear from my my clients is number one i hardly get any matches at all uh and the ones that you know the ones that are uh that i do match with like you know nothing ever happens or that you know they're not they're not really my type or what i want or yeah i'm getting matches and i'm going on dates but it, it it's like a one night stand and never leads anywhere i never have an actual relationship and uh, so just, asking for clint is there is there an ethical dating uh website or app uh i mean grinder's not bad in my experience <laughs> I had that joke lined up. I had, I had, I had, it, I had it in my back pocket. This is, Son of this a bitch. Is, I'm becoming much better at self-deprecating humor, <sighs> just simply because I want to cut Luke off at the pass. You so do every fucking do time now. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll get ahead of it. Don't worry. Sorry, Ryan. The the my my honest my honest opinion is like if, if I mean if you're get if you're getting if you're if you're usually guys who are like more cla more classically attractive who uh, you know. Want, are willing to like spend the money to do a, some professional photo shoots and stuff like that they can get some hookups from dating apps and if that's what you want then go for it for a guy who actually wants to 
have a long-term relationship uh, with somebody and maybe like myself uh, isn't like classic Hollywood uh, attractive male model attractive uh, sp uh, sp like develop the skill to meet someone in person you're way more likely to be able to connect with somebody better and if you meet that person at a thing like for uh, like if you go to yoga at like a yoga studio or something like that, yeah, but, but you're that's, more likely that's, to have that's difficult, Ryan. Why not just give all of my personal preferences and data to the big tech social media companies that of course will sell it to private companies <laughs> as I waste away my time swiping left or right? Mm -hmm. I think I think the the formulation of these apps from its very inception is really counter to the goal of finding a, a lifelong partner because you're being delivered almost limitless options, you know? So you just, you automatically, as soon as you create a profile and you just start going like, I can select from anything on the planet. Well, that's that. And that's the, the, the experience of, uh, of women is, uh, is, interesting, is, yeah. is, is exactly that. And it's interesting because what, what ends up happening is you'll have, uh, like women very quickly realize like, Oh shit. Like any, any swipe I do, like I've matched with the guy. So suddenly they have this like, unlimited choice and so they'll start going it's like oh shit like that guy's really fucking hot and a, a girl who's like i don't want i don't again use rating numbers and i don't think about people in that way but just for the sake of making the point a girl who's like might be rated at six or seven is suddenly being able to match with and go on go, like get a like a 10 guy but the thing is is those 10 guys would never date that girl yeah and, and a lot of so, the women get this kind of delusion of grandeur thinking like, I got all these guys that they want to, you know, sleep with me and be with me and give me money and give me things. And they don't understand that, you know, most guys, uh, you know, like, like Clint would, would hump a wet shoe if it was moist enough. But the, the, yep. the issue with that is what it does, what it does is it ends up perpetuating a I told you, shoe. motherfucker, I'm fucking coming after you <laughs> now. He, he, he angled properly. He cut me off with the pass. Well played, Luke. Well played. Uh, but the, the issue with that for women is that it, it ends up perpetuating to the extent. <laughs> I'm starting to like Josie, are you, are you getting a visual? Are you, are you visualizing the wet shoe? I'm wet in the ground. Someone a find moist, me a wet shoe. A moist, <laughs> a moist wet shoe hitting the ground and then Clint just savagely having its his way <laughs> with the shoe on the ground. Are you what getting a, that visual, Josie? Are you seeing that in your mind? <laughs> A, a, wet, uh, a wet shoe? What the fuck, dude? <laughs> you, you, fucking, you fucking started this, motherfucker. You, you try to fucking take away my jokes before I'm able to fucking give them. This is what you get. <laughs> this is what you get. Keep, keep playing with fire, Clint. Keep playing. Luke's the kind of guy who would take an expired wet hot pocket and microwave it and use it as a flashlight. So you're not one to fucking talk, bro. Oh, my God. Uh, prime, uh, you know, prime date pop pocket is a little bit better. They get a little crusty after a while, <laughs> oh. especially if they're old. You gotta wait but because if you take it out of the microwave and you hit it right away, you yeah. will burn the shit yeah. out of yourself. You gotta Be wait. careful. You gotta wait. This conversation got totally uh, fucking derailed. Uh, uh, sorry, we could be can I finish my yes, actual go point? Go yes. ahead. Go ahead. Um, so with with women the, the Josie behave <laughs> behave it's Josie okay, it's, it's Josie sorry Ryan go ahead with women the issue becomes the, this thing that I'm saying and so 
because they can they can match with these uh with these like super super hot guys right they end up saying no to like the the slightly lesser guy who probably has an awesome personality and stuff like that but they just, you can't connect with somebody well, so they like, say oh, no, no to that the guy that they would that would marry that guy, them. yeah that guy isn't hot enough that guy isn't hot enough so they say no to guys who probably would be a better match in real life and they end up only being able to hook up with a one night stand with the super hot guy who's then like i'm not gonna fucking date you and so it just puts them on the uh, puts them on the sort of promiscuity like casual hookup track which for most women they don't actually they don't want to be doing that they don't want that at least not in perpetuity for sure not in, not in perpetuity for sure but it's perpetuating this thing like oh yeah like this hookup culture but they they don't like nobody's happy with that yeah, but young guys do at the early stages of their life when they're still kind of ignorant they, they're like yeah abortion great but um later when they become more seasoned they don't want that. It becomes kind of useless. It becomes people, kind of pointless. People couldn't see this, but Josie actually physically snarled when, when Luke said, yeah, abortions are great. She was just like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, great point, Brian. Any other uh, analogies about uh, you know fucking inanimate objects that we could uh, add into this uh, very fruitful uh, conversation? So Josie, I, guys, I mean, to the girl, Josie probably already has. You a guys ever gone to town to on the, a on a packet of gushers? I read this. I read this thing. Um, and there it was this exchange I saw online, and this woman was like, you know, she's like, women are way more horny than men. Like, I, you guys just got to know that. And the guy responds, he's like, I one time cut a hole into my wall because I was horny and I fucked my house. <laughs> Sorry, we he don't wins. do things like that. He wins. I was in the supermarket uh, with, um, uh, what's his name, a Joey B. Tunes. I was getting a whole bunch of pies because we, we I, I literally, like, this is how I Because you were going to go fuck them. Yeah, okay. Uh -huh. This is, that's, that's, Ryan, goddammit, I was going to make that joke in a little bit. But but on my uh, Instagram story, as I'm getting these pies to give out to my neighbors, I, I had Joey hold them, and he's in the back of the seat holding them, looking all innocent. And I'm like, uh, I had to stop Joey from taking the pie in the bathroom there. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck, bro? Oh, we're American pie As he's kids. holding these pies. If you don't know the reference, you're, you're, uh, you're, don't be dating. Yeah. Don't don't be dating anybody our age if you don't know the reference. Exactly. But the the uh -huh. girls here, like, do, what what do you guys think about what we so, just said? So, about someone that? someone just wrote, Clint lost his virginity to a pair of Reebok pump shoes. My parents my parents wouldn't buy me the Reebok pumps. It was one, I still am upset about it. <laughs> I never had those. I, I had. Uh, I, I I wanted the the Fila sneakers. Couldn't, couldn't afford them. Yeah. Mm, I was uh, too poor for any of that. Yeah, too poor for that. This as is well. why I have but, a fetish for shoes now. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> normal people. Some people foot fetishes. Clint uh, shoe fetish. Just a but, shoe. Uh, you just, know, just a fucking soggy shoe. No wonder you were so quiet during the Trump shoe segment. <laughs> Uh, makes sense now, but uh, no. What Ryan, what Ryan brings up is, I, I think, extremely important. Um, and uh, no, I, I think there's a deliberate agenda to mind fuck people and to destroy any kind of loving, cohesive relationships. And I think they're mm -hmm. the people in charge of the institutions are doing an incredible job at it by making it meaningless and making it readily available and making it something that has been cheapened to a degree where now we face a crash of civilization because of it as less and less people are having children, families, and cohesive relationships. And we're all victims of it here in one way or another. And we all got to take responsibility too. And we're all kind of fucked. Mm -hmm. Which is why 
you should probably either go to church or go to yoga, find some level of spirituality, find a serious committed relationship, have kids, become an entrepreneur, fuck the government, your life that fuck that, the shoe, fuck that, the tennis fuck, shoe, fuck the shoe, obviously, and then you actually get your life on the right track, and hopefully the state issues fall away. All right, we had a couple other people that wanted to call in. We probably don't have time for you. We got Juan the Great Keith, so make sure to tune in tomorrow, as of course we're doing a very big show with Alex Brusewitz, who of course is going to be here in studio. Tuesday we are going to have Morgan on, and Wednesday we are going to have Chris Masterjohn and Andrew Mayer, the Don't Tase Me Bro who will be testing out the taser that, of course, we will be using on Clint Russell, who got his medical uh, pass from his doctor. Have not, have not. And (laughs) will be getting tasered once we reach 100,000 Rumble subscribers. Listen, we we gain a lot of subscribers every episode we do. Rumble.com forward slash we are change. Subscribe. And when people do, 100K, Clint gets Tasered. Oh, yes. You're scaring at <laughs> lots and lots of tasering. It's okay. So Atlas. subscribe right now. Uh, Josie and Ryan, this was fun. This was great. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the end part the most. <laughs> I enjoyed that conversation. Hope you did as well. <laughs> Hope we didn't freak you out uh, too much. But for the people watching, if they want to check out more of your work and support you, where can they do that? You can follow me on x.com at T-R-H-L official <clears throat> or become a subscriber at timcast.com and help support our work over there. I host a show on uh, X that also streams through members only on timcast.com called Spaces with Josie where I interview a lot of really, really cool people. Um, I've had on Thomas Massey. I've had on Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, just, just, I try to get on just the coolest, the coolest, funnest people I know that also are interesting and know stuff. So uh, definitely tune in for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can catch me there. Ryan. Uh, I am the Ryan dot black on Instagram and I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash Ryan black dot us at Liberty Lockpot on X. And, uh, please do go and watch the interviews that I did, uh, with, oh God, I'm blanking on the name oh, the maker of a shoe company. There was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did a, an incredible interview with Chris Martinson about the immigration crisis that I could only put on rumble. So please do subscribe to Liberty lockdown on rumble and go watch it. It's got like almost 10,000 views already. It's a, it's a really deep, deep, deep dive on what we're up against and, and why this is all not organic. I think it's highly provable that it's not organic and people should dive deep to understand that. I also did a solo episode on the death of uh, Alexei Navalny that I think you'll find very interesting. Liberty Lockdown on YouTube and Rumble. And I also do Tower Gang. Don't watch that. Oh, real quick. I watched that episode that he, with Chris Martinson. Yes. yes, I watched that episode with him and it was incredible and um I, I give it rave reviews so definitely go find that episode and watch it thank you so much You're welcome steph wrc on x steph we are change on instagram yeah me and uh chris martinson we did a video during the middle of covid mm-hmm. when he was over at timcast i was like dude you got to come on timcast we're gonna have him uh probably in studio we're gonna be doing some kind of knowledge exchange with him here in southern florida so make sure to support that one way to support that and watch the video that we did with chris martinson you can watch it now on lukeunfiltered.com your memberships mean a lot thank you so much for signing up thank you so much for watching watch your shoes if clint russell is around (laughs) i love you guys stay tuned for more here on the bestpoliticalshow.com